everybody it is me matt wright here live with you on a thursday evening uh live from muddied water studios in western middle western florida not really southwest not northwest we're just middle west yeah central west central west central florida west central florida uh in beautiful chilly frigid 55 degree temperatures which is why my guest today is wearing his brand new beanie yes uh, yes it's a nice beanie by the it way is a nice beanie. i will say it's a little too big like i did want one that was a little more slimmer but i'll take what i can get um very excited to have my guest on and in studio very good friend of mine but i'm going to introduce him to you all in just one second before that first and foremost allow me to thank justin for the kava i am drinking today uh if you want Kava, go to Justin. Uh, and if you don't know who Justin is, you need to come to West Central Florida to find out. Um, uh, but uh, to Justin, to all of you, to Alex, to everybody, Bulavanaka. Now, before we get into our show, uh, oh yeah, wherever you are watching this, if you are watching this on Float, if you are watching this on Facebook, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching this on Twitch, Twitter, wherever you happen to be watching it, Hit the like button, hit the share button, share it as much as you can, and comment. Comment, like your comment, like other people's comments, have people like your comments. Just comment, comment, comment. Uh, because as anybody knows, we are shadow banned, and that is the only way people are ever going to see anything from us. Um, Got to fix my shirt, because there we go. That's better. Um, so like, share, comment, and if you really like what we have here, make sure 
that you go to anchor.fm and subscribe. If you become one of the muddied militia skateer people, uh, you get a whole bevy of really great stuff, including discounts on the store, uh, discounts at the store, uh, discounts at Stitches and Glitches and Defy the Power. Uh, you get extra content that not everybody gets. You get access to a subscriber group and once a month, which happens to be next Thursday, uh, you get to have access to the muddied Zoom where you can sit here and talk with Spike, myself, Jason Lyon, and anybody else who decides to show up. So it's a great time, so make sure that you come in for that. So, to pay some bills, Joe Soloski, he's running for Pennsylvania governor. He is the key to Pennsylvania's success. He is the key to just success in general. He is also the voice of the muddied waters of freedom. Really? He is. He is. He sounds That's a hell of a nice looking picture, by the it way. It is a hell of a nice looking picture, isn't it? He, it I feel like it's not like it, it like it's brushed, like airbrushed almost. You know, but it's not though. I don't think. I'm like I think great it's just lighting. Great lighting. That's it's what it is. It's lighting. great lighting. Because I, you have, should always vote for somebody if they had that good of lighting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the second largest and fastest growing caucus in the Libertarian Party, and quite possibly the world. I don't know. And one of the greatest groups on Facebook. I mean, which is without without a doubt. Without a doubt. Greatest group on Facebook. If you are uh, interested in joining, all you have to do is go to the Facebook group and hit the join button. I don't think we have much of a requirement there. Uh, and I mean, it's the Waffle House caucus. Right, I mean, it's you know. the Waffle House caucus. You have to like Waffle House. That is one I, of the that, Yeah, tenets. you cannot post IHOP. Yeah, yeah. Do not post IHOP. You don't have to be anti-IHOP. Right. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's it's not enough to be anti-IHOP. You have to be actively. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to become a voting member, go to muddiedwatersmedia.com and hit the store button and pick yourself up a Waffle House Caucus button or a Waffle House Caucus shirt. The Gravy King. Thomas Queter is no longer running for state senate, so we are going to get back to that later when we know what he wants to advertise with us, oh. but he, oh, that sucks. Yeah, he's running for something else. I just don't know what it is. I see him like I see the things pop up on Clubhouse a lot where he's there. Yeah, no, he spends a lot of time in there, but he still runs better than Albany, even if he's not still running for state senate. Mudwater, have you woken up today and said, I hate myself and coffee is not anything that I ever want to have ever again? Well, have I got good news for you? Mudwater tastes worse than coffee and is made with masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it with the added benefit of having one-seventh of the caffeine. So, yep, that is... What I want to switch to, but you should make that switch today. Go to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash mud. Nope, don't do that. Uh, muddiedwatersoffreedom.com slash mud until we get that fixed. Jack Casey. Jack Casey is a cult leader, uh, a flat earther, and a sexual deviant. But he wrote these books and he pays us money to tell you to buy them. We will never read these books because we crap on them and Jack Casey so often that we would feel bad if they're good. So you should get these books and t- and tell us if they are good, and we will continue to make fun of them and not feel bad. Um, so go out. Uh, where is it? It's theroyalgreen.com, and you can buy the royal green in silver throned or crowned by gold. And knowing Jack Casey, I am terrified to know 
what any of those books are about. Cult leader, though, huh? Cult leader, yeah. Cult Just leader, flat earther, sexual deviant, Jack Casey. I will say, I will say, I do block every flat earther on Facebook. You know, he's the first I haven't, only because he pays me money to advertise his book every month. I... You kind of you kind of got to go with that. Yeah, you know, and I just found out he was a flat earther. <laughs> oh. You know, I'm always trying to think if the flat earther thing was like a like some kind of a weird psyop. Right. Like I, I got to think it almost is like you can't think that the earth is flat. I've seen pictures. I, I, like how is all that fake? Well, I mean, you've seen what I've been able to do with my computer here for like the graphics and stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, but they couldn't do that in the 60s. Well, just, maybe they could. I mean, if they put somebody on the moon, why not? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I, you know, I guess you might be right. Maybe the Earth is flat. Maybe the Earth is flat. I'm not going to... I mean, it's not. But you know, It's because, totally not flat. Because that's how satellites... <laughs> my GPS works. Um, <laughs> that's got to be the biggest inside job in the world, by the way, if the Earth was flat, by the that way. Would be the like, big, that is totally the biggest inside job. That would job. be the biggest inside job. Of that would make time. lizard people look normal. <laughs> Yes, that I mean it would have to be done by a group of lizard people. Well, maybe the, maybe it is. Maybe the whole thing is a lizard people conspiracy right there. I mean, I'm not going to tell you if you're wrong. Like, I mean, you are, but <laughs> totally wrong. <laughs> totally Jesus, hundred percent wrong. What's in this water? Or what's in this propellant drinking here? <laughs> it's turning the frogs gay. <laughs> you know what, man? I have such a weird affinity for Alex Jones. I do by too. the way. Like, I really do, at the end of the day. I did, I used to find him entertaining. I don't so much anymore. When he got on the Trump train, it was just, it was, he lost his mind on that part. And he still has lost his mind even since then. But just some of the stuff he's said before and the the feeling that he had when he would say it was just, was amazing. He 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 was into it. Yeah. I could smell the sulfur coming off of her. Yeah. Uh, oh, especially oh. when he started hulking up on you. Yeah. Going, and then he, and then he would hulk up and he'd be like, Oh, and then he'd be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Calm down. I'm apologize. sorry. He would apologize a lot. So, uh, yeah, and he I was mean, right about, he, look, he was right about the deplatforming thing. He was right about the deplatforming. Who crap were they? He was, he was right about, about the frogs. He was, he was half right about the frogs. Yeah, they no, he, look, a lot of times he takes a little hint of something that's good and then kind of warps it in a way. And it was just like, why did you need to go there? Right. Even though on the January 6th, you could see him on video telling people it's a trap, you know, and it was. Hundred percent was a trap. Like he knew it, but uh, whatever. Alex, uh, Mister Just Because says Alex Jones is behind Joe Rogan inward viral video. I heard that it was a Democrat pack. Actually, yeah, that's just what I heard. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like the whole, we might get into Rogan later, but uh, real quick, let me give you the backstory. Let me fully introduce my guest here. By the way, my guest is the 2012 2000. Eight. No, 10. 10. 10, 10, 10. 2010, uh, Libertarian candidate for Senate here in Florida. He's the former vice chair of the Libertarian Party of Florida. He is the former national executive director of the Republican Liberty Caucus. Uh, he is the current host of Unattended Baggage with Alex Snicker and Adrian Wiley. Um, and he is my very dear friend, Alex Snicker. Hi! <laughs> That's a hell of an look. You did that whole introduction, and I don't see anywhere where that was written down. Yeah, no, that's you that's, did that from the brain right here. Man, that's not that's not bad at all. By <laughs> right. the way, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, um, you know, it's a pleasure to be here, Matt. I am so glad you are here. You, 
I actually told you this beforehand, but I'm going to. You are technically my first three time guest. Nice. One episode of Muddy Waters of Freedom, and this is your second episode of the Writer's Block. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were the first person. You were the person that we aired the show on video first. Oh, wow. You were the guest that we were first switching to video. Um, so, yeah, you've had a lot of a lot of milestones here. I guess so. Yeah. Who knew? And so Alex and I met while I was working on a campaign for a guy who I don't talk about on the show. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was working on a campaign. This guy was running for Congress, and I met Alex there. And... I'm going to tell some stories about you real quick. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're out, you know, uh, knocking on doors, telling people, you should vote for this guy you've never heard of, uh, for this party you've never heard of, instead of these two people that you have heard of, because they're spending millions of dollars. That, that election, that special election was like $120 million. Yeah. That was the most expensive special election in history. At the time, it was. Yeah. At the time, it was. Yeah. And uh, so we were out doing that, and um, I met him. Uh, the guy that I had gone out walking with was Greg Bowen, who, if you watch our show on Tuesday, he is the person who plays the guitar at the beginning of every episode. Um, oh, you got a spot for Greg? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Greg used to be the voice, but then the hosts changed, and so I can't yeah. use his voice anymore. Um, so we, uh, so Greg and I were, had been out walking together, and so we met up with Alex afterwards, and Greg said, Alex, this is Matt. Matt, this is Alex. He's like, Hey, nice to meet you. And he goes, I'm tired. I'm going to go home and get stoned. <laughs> and I went, okay, well, have fun. That's <laughs> a good thing. And he left. And then I saw him months later, well, probably about a month later, at the Florida convention. And it was the first convention I ever went to. And I knew Greg and you. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the only interaction I'd ever had with you. And somebody came up to you, and uh, we were standing outside, and I was still drinking at the time, so like we're having beers or whatever. And somebody came up to you, and you were blitzed, like just out of your mind. You were, okay, you were so stoned. And somebody went, "Are you, are you stoned right now, Alex?" And the only uh, the only two times I had met you, you were stoned, and I was drunk. So I said, "Have you met Alex before?" Because a hundred percent of the time you had been stoned, and you went. You don't know who I am. <laughs> and I was like, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, I mean, I only do it on the days and in and why. So right. like, it's I mean, just, it's... you know, what can you do? <laughs> so that was how uh, Alex and I got to know each other. And uh, then we worked on two separate campaigns and they didn't get along at all. And then after those campaigns ended, um, after those campaigns ended, uh, we became very good friends. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's one of the advantages that you can find sometimes when you are, when you get involved in other people's, when you get involved in some of the other campaigns and some of the people that you talk to that you end up, you know, like uh, developing rapport with or a friendship with, because it's, it's, especially if it's the people that are on the ground, like it's the people that are out there doing stuff and typically you know what? I got to tell you, like the track record for candidates is a lot worse than it is for like other people that you that you deal with. You know what I mean? Right. A lot of times the candidates end up being like, I don't know. I don't know. I, opportunist could be a word for it, but you have to have you be a certain amount of an opportunist just to be a candidate. Right. You have to have some level of 
you have to be an opportunist, and I personally believe a certain level of narcissism. To be yes. Oh no, 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 absolutely. You got to have a certain level of narcissism to run for office. Yes. You need a certain level of narcissism to run for absolutely. office. Absolutely. So, I, and I and I had that, but I didn't have enough because I only had to I only had to run twice once before right. I got out of my system. And <laughs> then I would help people after that. But even even when you're helping people, it's it is funner when you're helping people, but at the same time, there's too many of the wrong people that you that you that you end up helping out. And I'm not saying it like in a derogatory way, but like you have to kind of put your own feelings on certain issues aside if you're going to help somebody out. But you got to know where you're at on those positions in order to know what your red line is for some of these people. Right. Because, you know, a lot of them are doing it for good reasons, too. So A lot of them are. A lot of them are. There are many libertarian candidates out there that are doing it for the right reason. Yeah. And then there are others who aren't. I mean, well, there's others that are opportunists for whatever reason it is. There are, and you can they, tell those people to be the, the big fish in the small pond a lot of times. Well, because they come in, and again, I did the same thing, so I can't. I'm, I'm speaking purely from experience on this one. Is that you can come in with a misconception as to what all these people were doing because you never heard of what they were doing before. So your assumption was is that they weren't doing anything, when in all reality they were doing stuff. You just didn't. That's you fair. weren't paying attention to the right things. But then if those people leave out right away after that, though, then you realize, like, the gig is up and you were just an opportunist. Right. So, I mean, or you could just do a Unite the Right rally and, you know, you know <laughs> get on the watch list for every terrorist organ, for every for every group you could possibly find because you really were a, a white supremacist. But, right. You know. And then you end up in prison. Um, yeah. Somebody actually just asked if, if we were going to cover that. Yeah, somebody did ask about Austin Gillespie. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it. Honestly, because of the conversation that we initially were having about this is the impetus. Okay, hold on. Because of Austin, when you see something now, you have to be more um, vocal because I think one of the mistakes, and again, I don't, I'm not going to look at like a lot. I think, I think I played it correctly at the time though, because I wasn't the person to fix the problem. I was definitely not the person to fix that problem with Gillespie is that it was much better handled by other people. Even if they did the wrong things on some of the stuff, I was not the right person because there were people that were supporting him because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yes. Like you're literally going with a fascist on this one or a white supremacist, whatever you want to call him because you don't like me. You know what? I did something wrong to that, at that point though. So it's better if I exit out of it and go try to do something else. Right. When, um, that was way coded, by the way. We'll try to explain. Yeah, that. well, yeah, we we can get into that. Um, before we get into the Austin, I still never call him that. Like, I still call him by his made up name. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you legally change it, you know, should you still should you you know should you have to call him that? Right. Am I? Am I, I think sometimes I use Austin as a like if somebody else does it, then. No, no, not Austin, not Peterson. Austin Peterson. No, 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 not Austin Peterson. Please, Aust- not Austin, Austin Gillespie. Yeah, Austin Peterson's a good guy. I like. Austin. I like Austin. I, Austin. I mean, I know he's rubbed people the wrong way, but I like Austin yeah. Peterson. Austin, Austin Peterson's a friend of mine. Uh, we he ran a good campaign when he was in Missouri. Man. He did. Yeah, he ran like even his uh, bid for president. I didn't think was bad. Like he, no, I think he did it the right way. He he had a couple of missteps that I think. Uh, I think every campaign ruined themselves at the convention. Yes. Yeah, it was the convention that did it. The convention did it for all of them, actually. And it wasn't even the candidate's fault per se, except for McAfee. I don't care if he's dead or not, though. I don't like McAfee. I don't like McAfee, and it's all because of that convention. I remember that. Yeah, that was. It, we, <laughs> he, sh- he shows up to the convention late, and uh, 
shows up with a with a camera crew, right? Yeah, with a camera crew, uh, and goes and there was this piano right in the middle of the hall that we were doing it at, and he just walks up to it and just starts playing right in the middle of a meeting, and uh, just trying to get like everybody's eyes on him because that's who McAfee is. And no, that's who he was. That's, yeah, who he was. that's who he was. That's true. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that was when I met McAfee. That was also the last time that I saw Austin Gillespie. I, you know, what's funny is so when he because they were trying to bring all these people in to um to the debate, right? And he had a whole crew with him, yeah. And it was getting so I was so angry. I was yelling at his wife, as a matter of fact, as I was so angry. I said, you know what? If your man wins this thing, I'm voting for Trump. <laughs> it was so mad. I mean, I was I was never going to do it, but and in that in that race, I actually endorsed Vermin. Yeah, I like and Vermin used that endorsement. Like I. I, I would get videos where I would see that he would say that on the stage. Yeah. And I was just like, that was the best thing. Like, it made me feel good at the same time. And I remember from four years before that, when Vermin came to that convention, the one that was in Tampa, the one that he was at. Right. Um, he really didn't think that he was going to be welcome there. He was very, in the initially he was thinking that we didn't know him and that we didn't like him. And then I, he was very pleasantly surprised. I think that, because I know that this was, I know that we, what the, what the subject matter of this show was, but I do think that the way we treated Vermin Supreme is how you should treat people coming in. Absolutely. Is that no matter what they look like, no matter what they're doing, just be nice to them and just talk to them. You know yes. what I'm saying? So I was, I met Vermin here in Florida initially. Mm -hmm. um, I met him at that campaign. And then uh, Spike had him on his show like a month or two after that. And mm -hmm. so that's where that connection started being made. And then um, Vermin was going to do a debate in South Carolina, and they asked Spike and me to come and cover the debate as Muddy Waters. It's the yeah. first time we were asked to do that. And uh, I was like, where are we going to stay? Like, I don't have money to pay for it. Like, I can get a plane ticket, but I can't pay for much else other than yeah. that. And he goes, oh, no, it's fine. We're going to stay with Vermin. And I was like, we're going to stay in a house with Vermin Supreme? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, all right, well, let's. Oh, this is fun. This is going to be a good time. That's like checking out something on the bucket list. Right. And so I stayed with Vermin at that at at that uh, convention. And we had a blast. Like, we had so much fun. He was telling me all these stories about stuff he did in his earlier days. Oh, because he was doing it for a long time. Like, since, what, 88, I think? It was like the that. first yeah. campaign for president. He was telling president. me about certain things that uh, he asked me not to talk about. So well, I'm not going to say those things. There you go. But, um. Like, we had a great time, but then it came time for the debate, and you had um, Joe Jorgensen, you had Dan Berman, uh, you had Kim Ruff, Vermin Supreme, uh, McAfee wasn't there, because I don't think he was allowed to be. Yeah, he wasn't uh, in the States at the time. Yeah, he wasn't in the States at the time. Uh, Kokesh, um, God, there was so many people on that debate stage, but they told Berman he could not wear his boot. Aww. They were like, you can't wear your boot. They made a no headgear rule because Berman at the time was wearing the big hat. Oh, yeah, because Berman had a big hat, right. too. Uh, I think I actually have a picture of it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. the hat. Yeah, he he would wear this hat, if you can see that. Mm -hmm. uh, this big, oversized yellow top hat that said taxation is theft. And they told him that they could not wear those on the stage because they wanted it to be a serious event. And in my head, I laughed and I said... <laughs> We're a bunch of libertarians. This is not a serious event. Yeah. Um, 
So they ended up saying, no, you can't do that. And I said, why? Just let him debate as he is. Like, why are you trying not to let him do this? And it does kind of fit into our, to what we're supposed to be talking about today on how you treat people when they come in, when they are trying to become active members of the party, to become active candidates of the party who are going to represent the party. Let them be them and don't try to break them of being them because being them got them here. Yeah. I think there's, look, I think that there is a, when it comes to vermin, I think that there was a, a, a beneath the surface genius about him that if you actually paid attention to vermin and what he was saying and how he was saying it, you have to be smart to be that stupid. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, or to be that ridiculous, I guess you, stupid's not the right word right. to be that ridiculous. You have to be smart. Yes. You know what I mean? The, the free pony thing was something it meant like there's a, there was a hidden meaning behind all the stuff he was Everything doing. Everything he did. And for the, not the, for the second time he ran, I got it in the first one. I didn't get it. However, with that being said, in the first one, I still think that you welcome those people in and you make them feel at home. Because I think that there are times, and don't get me wrong, you got to be discerning too. Though it's not to say that you can't be discerning with this, because if you run, look, if you run, if you use that philosophy, then when a guy like um, Gillespie comes, then you'd be nice to him as well. But then that sometimes can bite you in the ass. So it's, I hate using trust but verify because of where it comes from, but it's a, it's a trust but verify situation with. People like Gillespie, at the beginning, we trusted. Yeah. At the beginning, we trusted, but there were some flags. There were quite a number of red flags. Oh, yeah. No, no, there were. There were. And there were. so that was why, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Austin Gillespie is... Uh, Augustus, Augustus Sol Invictus. Yes. Augustus Sol Invictus. Um, and when he first came into the Libertarian Party, he was down here in Florida. And he sort of came out of nowhere from... Jackson. Orange County. No, no, Orange County. Orange, Orange County. County. First time I met him actually was at an Orange County meeting and he was wearing a three-piece suit, which I always love three-piece suits. So like it was instantly, it's almost like like if you're a black guy in a sweater, like I get, a, I have like a Bill Cosby thing. You know what I mean? I automatically trust you. If you're wearing a three-piece suit, it's kind of like the same thing. Like I automatically think you're a good guy because you're wearing a three-piece suit, which is totally not the right way to look at it. I should not, I, it was a mistake on my part. Right. But. But you. You still welcome them in, you know, you want to find out where they're at. And we trusted Augustus, but then the flags came up. Yeah. And then when he was announcing his run for Senate, you, me, Greg Bowen, and somebody else. I don't remember who the fourth person was that went with us. Lauren, maybe? Maybe. I don't remember. But we went to go to the... Polk County. Polk County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went to the Polk County uh, meeting to hear his speech. Yeah. And immediately... I was thinking, no. So I would just was jotting down a couple of notes mm-hmm. about what he was... No, I remember that. Yeah, what he was saying. And I ended it, like, by the end of his tirade, um, best way I could describe that speech. Yeah. Uh, by the end of his tirade, where he used his fake accent, uh, I went, went back home. I wrote an article saying, do not vote for this man. I will not vote for him. If I'm not going to vote for him just because he's a libertarian. That does not matter. Because I'm a libertarian, I don't have to vote for people. Yeah. And I said, just don't do it. You don't have to do it. And I 
uh, I tried to publish it with you, with your site at the time. Uh, I don't remember what the site was called. The 1787? 1787 Network. 1787 yeah. Network. Um, and uh, you were like... This is a great article, and I'm glad we're friends, because I would hate for you to write anything like this about me. <laughs> it was a great article, though. Thank it really was. And so, uh, Florida Politics, or uh, Florida Independent Journal? Independent Journal of Florida? IJF? I uh, think it was that. Yeah. Independent Journal of Florida ended up publishing it, um, and I just sent it to them, and they said, yeah, we'll put it up. And I was like, great. And uh, I just went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then I woke up the next day. And the entire Libertarian Party of Florida was fighting. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! It, it started a it started a, a boom session at that point. Though it started a boom. And session. you know what though? It, look, look. After it's all said and done, it's not really discussed anymore. It's not. There, there's nothing going on with it. That that whole thing has been purged out, which is nice. Um, because the last time or the next time I went to the one of the conventions, I actually went like a year ago to the last one that was yeah, here. I saw you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just decided to go. Like, I had no, you know, I'm just going. And it was such a great time that I had there. Like, it was really well done. Everybody was doing great. There was a whole lot of people there that I knew. You know what the thing is? I What I thought was, like, the best thing was that I walked around, and I didn't know anybody, and most people didn't know me. Like, and the fact that those two things were happening at the same time was just awesome. But then you would talk to them, and <laughs> this is the part I found to be funny, is that you would talk to them and I would ask them, like, how, you know, they, they, you people, how'd you get involved? Well, I got involved with during Wiley's campaign, you know, during Adrian's campaign. And just like, oh, oh, oh. I guess you, you do know me. You don't know me, but you right. do know me, you know? So like, you've seen my work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Brew Tour. I was me. I yeah. was totally me. I was, me. I was high at the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when, you, when I walked back in there and I saw what was going on, it was, and it was like the first time that I've ever walked into a convention. Where I didn't look around thinking, like, what do I need to fix? Yeah. And I was like, I don't need to fix anything here, man. This is perfect. Everything's cool. No problems at all. Not my circus. Yeah. So, and by the, now going to this one, the next one that's coming up, I do speak on Friday. So, I'm going to do a, but I'm in a legislative class. Like, Are you speaking before or after Spike? Because I know he's doing Friday. Oh, Spike's doing Friday too? Yeah. I don't know if I'm before or after Spike yeah. or not. Mine's more of a class setting. Yeah, because like, I'm I'm vegetables, doing. man. Like I'm vegetables. Like I'm right. I'm giving a class on like how to deal with legislators and stuff. So. Right. Yeah. The uh, the the stuff nobody wants to do, but it's the stuff you have to do if you want to get to the yeah. dessert. I'm like the broccoli on the side of it. Like if if if, if politics is a plate, I'm literally stuck in the broccoli. Like I got no sugary sweet stuff. Like it all just is like the broccoli. Like right. it's I'm so boring on that. No aspect. cheese on it either. It's like no no. no. It was steamed well, though. Well, it was steamed well. That's that's very important. <laughs> so, I know that, so, the reason that Alex is here in, in, in studio is because he called me up one day, and I was at work, and he was like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, great. And we talked for a minute, and he goes, so, he asked me my opinion on something that was going on in the party at the time, and... Uh, then he gave me his opinion on it, and then he said, can I come and talk about this on your show? Yes. And I said, yes, absolutely. Well, and the reason why I do it on your show instead of doing it on Unattended Baggage, only for one reason is, one, I will have somebody that will actually care enough to mm -hmm. actually have a conversation about it, because Adrian would refuse to talk about any of it. He is a get-off-my-lawn anarchist now and wants nothing to do with anything. If somebody tells him he votes for that you voted for him, he will apologize. Yes. I'm sorry that you had to do that. So I think that it's it's 
it's one of those things that I just, you know, I, 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 I would, it would not work well in the format that way with me and Adrian, the way that we do it in order to have that. But I know me and you get to talk about those things because we're still both involved and dealing with right, stuff. Like I don't, so it makes it easier. It, it does. And the better part is because I'm, I'm involved, but I'm not a member. Yeah. Um, I, I am registered as a libertarian. I am registered as a libertarian, I believe. Um, I might be wrong. Uh, but maybe. I don't know. Um, but I'm not like an active member. I don't do the meetings. I don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, because I found that where I do my best work is here behind this microphone. Yeah. Uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays and occasional Sundays. Um, and that me doing the other stuff made me want to bang my head into a wall and that's not conducive for living. Yeah. And uh, it's like dental work, man. It's like dental work. It is. Uh, I would never run for a position like on the, on the executive committee. No. I would never run for a position on there ever again. I wouldn't do it. I've done it once. And I do suggest people do it just so you get an idea of what, the, what it's all about. But I wouldn't do it anymore. Now I would work again. I'm chair of the legislative committee because that's just my, like the one thing I'm good at is that. Right. And so, and putting that and organizing that is something that I'm actually I, I actually, I, I have enough OCD to where I think it works pretty well. Right. And you do have enough OCD for that. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, so, I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, so, yeah, we... Um, so, we talk about it sometimes. So talk, I called you up about the Bueno right. thing. Yeah, and since I'm not, like, since I'm not a member, I don't care. Like, I don't. I really don't care, people. Yeah. Um, but I do see when bad things happen. Um, like I stay out of the Facebook groups for the most part, except for the muddied waters group. And if you're watching this right now and aren't a member, go to facebook.com slash muddied waters, I think, and, uh, become a member. Uh, but, uh, you have to answer three questions. And if you haven't seen, uh, Monty Python and the, how am I blanking on the name of the movie? Holy Grail. Holy Grail. And the Holy Grail, uh, I was like, wanted to say Life of Brian, and I was like, that's not Yeah, but that part is not in Life of Brian, though. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, you He's won't... He's been a naughty, naughty boy! <laughs> you uh, won't understand the questions that are asked, but... So watch the movie first, and then join. Oh, that's a great movie, by it's the way. It's a great movie. Great movie. And those questions are hilarious. Um, I love it when somebody knows, and they answer them correctly, and I'm like, oh, you're in. You're totally in. You are in. Making you an admin. Right. <laughs> Um, most people are just like, uh, what's your quest? I don't, I don't have one. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I don't care, but when I, and I don't stay in the Facebook groups and I don't really pay attention to what's going on on Twitter. Um, but when bad things are happening, I do see it in something like when it blows up, when it blows up and something terrible did happen in my mind, in my personal opinion, something bad happened. Yes. Um, so as we all know, Martha Bueno has been on Spike's show. She has been on Muddy Waters Freedom. She has been on the Writer's Block. Um, and she recently left the party. She officially left the party, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. She went independent. I mean, she's still running for office. Right. She's just running an MPA anyway. I mean, okay. I think, it, and I think for the office she was running for. I think it was non It was a nonpartisan race anyway. So I guess it doesn't really affect her in that aspect. But at the same time, though, you took somebody that had, you know, a tremendous... Um, uh, a tremendous drive, somebody that totally gets it, that is out there working really hard, that that is trying to market to a community of people. Like there is an aspect of what she does where I think she's she's going to everybody, but at the same time, because of her ethnicity and her background, 
she is trying to make inroads in communities that I don't think that we've had a lot of success in making inroads in. And I think the thing that the thing that really pissed me off about it was if you look at it, it almost feels like that, that that's the reason that they were mad at her. Yes, because she was reaching outside. So the backstory on that is I don't know the post that started it because, again, like I said, don't care. Yeah. Um, I don't care. Um, but she made some post and some troll on Twitter uh, and I know that apparently he is a big name in the Libertarian Party and uh, that he... Well, in certain circles. Uh, in certain circles, yeah. At, at least on Libertarian Twitter. Um, and that he does artwork for different Libertarians. I know that they're auctioning off some of his art here in Florida. Yeah, yeah, the Mises Caucuses. Yeah. Um, so I know I know that this person is like kind of a big name in certain circles, but he, at the same time, uh, is big in certain circles only. So... He's a huge troll, and he started attacking her and saying that she was it was about her looks. She was just running a campaign on her looks, and she shouldn't be reaching out to these communities. Yeah, and it was a lot of dumb shit. It was a lot of dumb shit. Like, it, it didn't need to happen. That's the thing. It didn't need to happen. And and this is the... And again, look, here's the thing. the one You have a big argument going on right now with people that are either pro-Mises Caucus or anti-Mises Caucus. Let me just say this. The Mises Caucus reached out to me. They're the only ones that have reached out to me any in any given time. Yeah. They've been super cool with me. The stuff they're doing within the party, I think, is some some of the greatest stuff within the party. Yeah. That 125 thing is a great thing. I'm, a, I'm, I'm on that. I mean, they got me to donate to the party and on a monthly basis. And, you know, to get me back donating to the party on a monthly basis. Because I was doing it before. But they... they and and they're, they are working really, really hard. And you got to give them credit for the organizing in which they're doing absolutely and i don't i don't want anybody to say oh matt was crapping on the mises caucus because i'm not because i agree the mises caucus is very organized they are doing a lot of really good work yeah i don't agree with everything that they uh that they stand for uh that all of them stand for uh and i don't agree with certain tactics that they use but they belong in the tent but they belong in the tent they're in the tent um when you have somebody from a caucus or, you know, a, a, one of the caucuses or just like one of the members who is a name, mm-hmm. whether or not they're involved with the caucus, who decides to attack one of the candidates, not from your state, mm-hmm. one of the candidates on random stuff that you don't like how they are running their campaign, a campaign in Miami. And they were upset about uh, certain aspects of her going for the Latino, yeah, the Latino vote. Like, here's the thing: like, if that's a constituency you're going to have to go after. And if you have a problem specifically with that, then that says more about you than it says about her. By the way, right. and what it says about you actually is this brings up the Augustus thing. This is a red flag. If you are, if you're going to have that much of a problem with immigration or or if you're going to have that much of a problem with reaching out to the Hispanic uh, community or the black community or whatever community it is, that is a, that's, that's on you. And that does need to be addressed and that does need to be exposed and rooted out like somebody showing up in a Pinellas County meeting. Just, to, oh, were you there? For, oh, you went there for that night, were you? 
no, never mind. I, that was totally a bit. That was an inside joke that I uh, thought you were going to get. And then I, it, was, I wasn't there that night. All right. You want me to? I guess, I guess we'll tell the story real yeah, quick. We have to. Okay. So this is during the Augustus thing. And he sent a guy to the Pinellas County meeting on one of the election nights. I remember hearing about this. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I remember hearing about this. This guy was just, was he, he was racist. There's no getting around it. And so he lost the election, obviously, because he was, he just showed up there. And getting, the problem with a lot of these people is they don't even understand how you win elections. Like, you just show up to things and you think you're going to be able to talk to people for five minutes and win an election. And that's not the way it's going to work. Like, that doesn't work that way. And if you think it does, then you're wrong. And you should probably read a book, which I hate because when in the beginning, when I first joined the Libertarian Party, they would tell me to read books all the time, even though they were telling me to read the wrong books. But that's a different story for a different right. day. <laughs> but this guy was there and, I, and he, was, he was making me angry. But at the same time, he didn't go over the line. And then we were outside and he said something. And I don't remember exactly what it was that he said. But I turned around and I looked at him. I said, well, let me ask you a question. And as soon as I said it, I said it in such a tone, because Adrian was there at the time, that when I said it in that tone that I said it in, Adrian was like, oh, there's going to be a problem. Because, like, you know, that's that's the tone. And I asked him, I'm like, do you want to make separate laws for black people and white people? That was my, my, my question was that. Because in my mind, look, if you personally just don't like people for whatever you don't like them for... I don't want to associate with you, but I don't have a problem with you then. Like, just go be a racist right. self if, by yourself. If you if you are supporting equal laws for everybody and you just don't like people, don't want to associate with you, but all right. Okay, like, whatever. He said yes. Now I didn't I didn't I didn't hit him. I did threaten him. And I you know, I basically told him that you are no you are not welcome here. You need to go away. Now don't go wrong, I don't live in Pinellas County, so who was the fuck who was I to tell people that they weren't welcome but there? But he didn't know that. But he didn't know that. And I let him have it. And I was just so angry because I was just like because I, I asked that question and I asked it very specifically. You know, and I asked it for a reason. Like this is the question. When and, and again, if you ever hear me ask this question to somebody, you probably realize that probably something bad's going on. Because I was just like, Are you did you you are not a libertarian. Like you're like, there's a look and I'm a pragmatist. I think in look, I'm an anarchist now. Cause I just don't think there should be any government, but I'm also, when it comes to the okay. party politics of things, oh, I can't totally believe I got there first. Yeah, you, you <laughs> did. But if you look in the course of party politics is that you need to have a big tent while at the same time, making sure to watch for red flags. But Somebody reaching out to the Hispanic community is not a red flag. If you don't understand politics or if you're racist, maybe that's a red flag for you. But again, that says more about you than it says about that person. Exactly. But you can't lose people like Martha Bueno and expect to win elections. Nope. Because Martha Bueno will win an election. Yes. She has the, the drive. She has the wantingness to do it. She's out there working hard to do it. She's doing the work you would need to do in order to reach out to the right people. In, and I mean... When I write people, I'm not talking about elite people or people with money. I'm talking about to go out there and actually reach out to constituencies and to people and talk to them because there are, you know, we, we do live in a world in which there are people that are segmented out right now. We may believe in the individual, but at the same time, you gotta, you gotta realize that people are still together a little bit and we gotta bring all those people to the fold Absolutely. to let them know why it can't be like a, just a bunch of white dudes. And just so everybody, like Jacob Hornberger. Uh, was somebody that I looked at during the campaign. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was also at the South Carolina convention. He wasn't at the debate, though, because he hadn't announced, so they didn't let him debate. 
Neither did Joe Jorgensen, but they let her debate, and I think that was just because she lived there. Um, and they were playing some favoritism. Yeah. Um, so Jacob Hornberger, when he was in the middle of his campaign, he was doing a, uh, I don't remember what the event was called, but they were going around knocking on doors. Uh, but they had some huge event for it. He and Spike were there together. Um, Spike was Berman's VP. And Jacob Hornberger was running for president. And they were both there, and they were both out knocking doors. They got to an area of town, and they were knocking on a door, and Jacob was like, yeah, so where should we go next? And talking to him, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm running. He's the little guy. And he's like, I'm running for president, looking like a Keebler elf. Um, and he does. He's like that. He's a little guy. He is a little guy. He's um, cute. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the guy. I think that there were some issues, there were some missteps that cost him that election, uh, but all in all, like the guy. But he uh, he was like, yeah, where should we go? And the person at the door said, well, I would go west on this road, whatever. And But I would definitely avoid that area because you might get robbed. And he went, okay, well, that's where I'm heading then. Did not care. He went directly in there, this tiny little middle-aged old guy. Yeah. Uh, and he went right into it. Uh, also, whitest guy you've ever seen. He's much whiter than me. Um, he's a, he's he's definitely a definition of a cracker. Yeah, he's he's he little, fits the cracker. Yeah, he's not from Florida. Um, oh, I guess not. You're yeah. right. But well, uh, I think it's more cracker in the in the in, in the pejorative in the white pejorative, sense, right, as opposed to the Floridian. Version. Well, the Floridian's kind of like a nickname, though. It is. So yeah, you okay. do have to make the determinate the differential between the two. You do. Um, so he just walked right into this neighborhood that the person says, "Don't go in there." And Spike was like, man, I am here for this because I, I respect this. Uh, and he went in and knocked on doors and he was like, I'm Jacob Hornberger. I'm running for president for the Libertarian Party. Uh, I would like to talk to you about what it is to be a libertarian. And he just went door to door to door to door to uh, explain to people what libertarianism is and how it could benefit them. Mm -hmm. um, and most people won't do that. Jacob Hornberger did. And he was the Mises pick. So it's not a Mises thing. There are people in Mises who do bad things, but not all of Mises is bad. No, not at all. I like him. I, and here's the thing. Even even after the Bueno thing, even after the Bueno thing, I sat and thought about it. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to leave the Mises caucus because of this. Because in all reality, this was just some dude. And they like him. So they get kind of in the, you know, they get kind of back and forth on it. But it does bring up like, like, I listened to the debate that Spike had with Dave Smith. And yes. I know the Mises guys really, really like Dave Smith. They do. And my problem is, is that... I can say this the right way. Okay. I've come to the realization at this point that the Republican Party is always going to be the Republican Party. Yes. That despite efforts to make it more libertarian, at the end of the day, the people that are in there are not libertarian. Immigration being one of the major factors of it. But in the Libertarian Party, that is the party for ideological libertarians. And freedom and liberty is totally a thing. And if, you're, if you don't understand that there are not only moral issues when it comes to immigration, but also just practical issues when it comes to immigration, that look, you can't stop people from crossing borders. Look, I, I would disagree with the welfare state just as much as anybody does. But what I also will tell you is a lot of the people that are coming into this country are probably the hardest working people, at least that I have met. 
yes. have been some of the hardest working people that have been out there. Don't get me wrong. Can they get corrupted by Democrats that are offering free stuff? Yeah, of course. But anybody but can do that. Can. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of people domestically that are on that stuff. I don't like those welfare programs, whether it's, you know, whether we're importing them or not. I don't really care. Like, it's just we got to get rid of those programs. But to to use that as like almost like a cudgel. Of like, well, we're not, you know, we're not open borders people. Well, you got to make your decision and you got to define what open borders means. But I got to tell you, you can make a very, very strong case for just allowing people to come into the country. I think that's the libertarian case to be made, especially right now. And don't get me wrong. I've used, I and I use this one a lot when, um, like when I'm talking to people, but when I'm talking like to conservatives and um, I say to them, look, if you want to be the generation that ends the Ponzi scheme that's known as um, welfare, or, you know, the Social, Social Security, Security, then you go ahead and you stop those people from coming in because you, we ain't making them at the birth rate that you need them to make them at in order to keep that program going. So you need those people that come into this country to start paying sure. taxes on your stupid Social Security crap or it's done or it's just done. Yeah. And, you know, and don't wrong, they never like that. They, they get mad about it when you say it because it exposes the fraud that is Social Security as well as the stupidity of your immigration policies. Right. Uh, Joe Hanush said Ellis Island approach, and I'm okay with the Ellis Island approach. Totally. I, I would say, like, and some people will disagree with me on this, but you can come in, sign your name, you know, sign your name, background check to make sure that you're who you say you are, and uh, just a basic medical examination to make sure you're not bringing any, like, diseases in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Welcome. Oh, yeah. I hope that you know what you're doing once you get out of these doors. Actually, here's the thing. Uh, the Jimmy Jimmy Lee put up the Libertarian Viewpoint of Immigration as Reagan's last speech. I would suggest, if you ever have a chance, you go on YouTube and you look up the, 80, the 1980 debate between Bush and Reagan. If you want to see how far the Republican Party has left from what those guys were talking about, yep. listening to them talk about immigration, like they were out, like, we have to be so gentle in this policy. We have to be, these are families that are coming in and doing this and this. Like, to, to see that. To see the switch. Yeah. That happened with Bush's son. Mm-hmm. It happened with George W. Mm-hmm. Because if you, I've, I've watched, I watched that debate recently because, um, Somebody was asking me about, they were like, yeah, the Republican Party's always been against immigration, so I had to go and find it. Oh, yeah. And I was like, so I watched it then. And then I sent it to him. Um, but you see where they were in 1980. And then 2000 rolls around with George W. Bush's son. And you see the words that were coming out of uh, Herbert Walker's mouth. And the words that George W. was saying was night and day difference. Mm-hmm. Night and day difference. Uh, and... It completely reversed everything. Uh, yeah. it, it was insane uh, just how quick that switch happened. Yeah. That's one, excuse me, that was one generation, father to son, mm-hmm. one generation of uh, politicians in which the Republican Party made that massive switch. Yeah. Well, and I think they did it as a reaction from some of the people because of some other bad policies. But it, what happens is is that some of these, it's 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 like the free crack pipe thing. Right. It's, I mean, it's a great time to mention this. Like, here's the thing. I don't want there to be laws against, like, I don't want to put people in prison because they're addicted to something. I, I think that's the worst thing that you can do to somebody is to put them in jail because they're addicted to something. You know, victimless crimes, especially the drug war is something that we have to get rid of. Absolutely. But the thing is this, a lot of times when you listen to people with the immigration argument, 
what they'll say is, well, they bring illegal drugs over too, and this and this, and blah, 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 blah. So I'm make like, drugs legal. Like, if you make them legal, then they won't be doing that because there's no money in doing it. I, so for one of my college papers, I wrote, uh, I had to write an article on, I think it was on terrorism um, and how to curb terrorism. Mm-hmm. And I said, the easy, like, I could have, I had to do it in so many pages. I don't remember what it was. I was like, I can do this in a paragraph. Um, <laughs> I can solve this in five minutes. I can. Simple. Um, if you leave right now, one of the, at least back when I wrote this paper, I'm certain it hasn't changed. One of the largest funders to terrorist organizations are drug cartels. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. That's where they're getting poppy. Mm-hmm. So if you legalize drugs here in America and you are growing it here and you are, and you're growing it here and you're uh, making it here, you're manufacturing it, you're yeah. selling it. You're doing if your whole supply chain is domestic it's right here, then you no longer have drug cartels paying the terrorists to guard the poppy feed, uh, the poppy seed fields. They aren't funding the terrorists. The terrorists lose out on like 85% of their income and they can no longer do it. Yeah, you'll Plus, suffocate them. You'll suffocate them. And then you're also going to have uh, people are going to be getting cleaner drugs. Mm-hmm. They're going to know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that it's not going to be cut with fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it's not going to be cut with anything else. You're going to be able to walk into your local Walgreens, 7-Eleven, whatever, and pick up whatever it is that you want. Yeah. It would probably be because this is America, it would be a dispensary of some kind, but you'll still know yeah. what it comes from. Um, and you're not going to get stuff that's going to kill you immediately. You're not going to, you're not going to get uh fentanyl and just immediately die. Like, no, it's not in their interest to kill you. Right. Because they want you to keep coming back because yeah. that's how they make money. Yeah. And even if you start with weed, I mean, again, I'm always, I'm always like, look, we want to start with lead, start with weed, start there and then move from there. But the underlying principle behind it is that people should be free to do as they wish, you know, and it, it, you remember when, when Ron Paul was on the stage, um, during one of the debates and they were like, well, it's not like everybody's going to go out and do heroin, you know? And it was a great point. It was like, of course not everybody's going to go out and do heroin. I mean, it's a good, it was a good point by, by Dr. Paul on that one. And yep. I thought he did, I thought he did very well. I did too. Yeah. And that yeah. is, some- and that's why the revolution, by the way, started in 2010 into the LP from Ron Paul and not with the Mises caucus, <laughs> by the way, I, I'm not going to say I get mad about that, but I will say I'm a little irritated because where the fuck were you guys in 2010 when I was running for office? They, you know they, what I'm saying? I was a Ron Paul guy then too. And I was already there. They were 14. Okay. Some of them were probably only 14. So, um, <laughs> we're old enough to vote. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that, like, that is a good, po- that's a point that I bring up all the time. I'm like, if you legalize, you know, if you legalize, I'm not going to go out and start doing blow again. No. I've done it. I don't need to do it anymore. Um, I'm not going to go out and do heroin. I'm not going to go out like, go ahead, legalize it. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I do not care. If you have somebody who is addicted, uh, if you have somebody, we are way off what this show is supposed to be about, but whatever. Um, If you have somebody who's addicted and they're buying stuff legally, then they steal in order to afford the drug that they're addicted to. Mm Mm-hmm. They are guilty of stealing. Mm-hmm. You should not be prosecuting them for the addiction. That's how it is now. I don't think you should prosecute people for having drugs or being an addict. No. You should not. The stuff that they do while on it, you can prosecute for. Yeah, absolutely. And you should prosecute right. for. If they're stealing anything, like I, a lot of people don't agree with my DUI opinion uh i don't think i don't think there should be a legal limit you should just be able to drive if you're drunk and 
if you make it home and nobody died, then great. Good on you. And if you killed somebody or ruined somebody's property, you should be charged. Yeah. It's a tough one. That's a tough one. But I, I, I understand the point you're making, though. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where that's where so many people get it wrong, both on the left and the right. Yes. Both left and the right. The well, that's right. Because their solution isn't to make it illegal. Their solution is just to give them a crack pipe. Right. Give it, Yeah. Give them, give them a crack pipe, but it's still going to be illegal. But we're going to give you this crack pipe. That you can use because we don't want you to get an infection. Even though we're probably going to throw you in jail if we catch you doing it. Right. Like, I, it, it makes no sense. With your official Joe Biden crack pipe. Like, but the president. Oh, that's totally going to be a thing. Yeah. The, oh, I wish I could get in the front of this one. We should put like a, get it like a, like a pipe and have put Biden on the side. Yeah. Oh, Just have his signature. It. Have his signature right across, right across the stem. Yeah. And yeah, just your official Joe Biden crack pipe. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it, I wish I would have thought of that earlier. Damn it. Um, it would have been nice, though. I I, got, I might have to do this. I, I still want to save up to buy the Vermin Supreme one. Oh, yeah. the the. Oh, he just sells them for so much money, though. But, like, I'm totally going to get it eventually. How much are they? They're, like, 70 bucks. Oh, yeah. Like, he's selling them for a lot of jack. It ain't that nice. Of, I mean, no, it is. Hold on. It is actually a really nice. Bike. It looks nice. It looks really good. Like, I, I really... That's on the bucket list, man. Like, right. I want to... Like, I want to... Like, I just, I love Vermin, man. I got to tell you, man, I just love the guy. I still love the guy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't agree with him on everything either, but, like, I just, I watch his, like, I'll watch some of his stuff sometimes when he's out in the woods in New Hampshire, just shirtless, walking around, like. In, in 30 degree weather, chopping wood. Yeah. Love him to death for love it, him. man. He's also the most Jack 70 year old or however old he is. I have no clue. Um, he's always in good shape, man. He he's always running. Shape. He's always running. He's always running, and he chops his own wood still yeah. so he is jacked um so what is it that to go back to where well, yeah let's get back yeah, to where we were break. supposed to be at um and then we'll tell a little bit more of the augustus stuff um <laughs> he just really wants to be in here oh he's um, a beautiful dog he is a beautiful dog oh he gets on the screen too he does oh look at you um so what is it that libertarians need it's so hard to do this without bringing up Augustus every time. No, no. What do they need to understand? I think is what you're saying. Yeah. Like, 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 here's the thing: is that the purpose of a political party is very simple: increase the number of people that are part of the party and win elections. Look, ideology is one thing, but if you don't have anybody that gets elected, then none of that matters. Then none of that matters at all. And you also have to remember that everybody's on the journey. Like everybody is. Look. Eventually, everybody gets to anarchy, just the way it is. We're all going to get there eventually. But you have to, you got to allow people to get there on a step-by-step basis. And you also have to get, and this is something, because I wrote something before, and I had this, I had a person respond back that, you know, if you're not going to be active within the party, then, you know, then then you're doing it wrong or something like that. 90% of the people will not be active at all, and you should be okay with it for one. If you've ever been to a libertarian convention, meeting, whatever, you're probably already okay with it. Yeah. Because the people who do show up to be active, some of them are only there to hear themselves speak. Yeah. It happens. I mean, don't get wrong. Again, we you, you need those people. I'm not saying that you don't. But you got to remember that everybody's gonna, everybody can fit a role. But the one thing everybody does is they vote party line. But they mm-hmm. just do. And you don't have to like that. As a matter of fact, you can hate it. You can think it's a bad thing. But at the same time, like... 
that's just the way it is. Like people will do that. They look, if they find the party they identify with, then when they have a candidate that's on the ballot that matches the party they identify with, then they're probably just going to pull the trigger for that candidate. Because look, most people are just living their lives. They don't want to listen to politics unless you're one of us. Right. You don't want to listen to politics all the time. You don't care. You don't give a shit at all. So I am, I, 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 I look at it as, the most basic thing that the party needs to be doing right now is increasing the number of people that are part of the party. And if you're not willing to be a part of and support the nuts and bolts part, because that is like, if you go to Republican meetings, this is the one thing I went to, you know, for a certain point I left the, the LP and I went to the GOP. And when I went to the GOP, I would go to their rec meetings. Like I would go in Hernando County. I would go to the rec meetings. The beginning of that meeting would start how many registered Republicans that there are, how many people that they registered to vote, at what time, how how many numbers that they increased. And that was the first thing that they talked about in every meeting that I went to. They're already the major party in Hernando County. It ain't even close. It ain't even remotely close. Like, it's th- that county is as red as it's going to get. Well, I mean, not as red as it's going to get, but it's, it's pretty damn red. And if they're concerned about it then... And we're not anywhere near where they're at, then we need to be concerned about that as well. And then whenever you, and again, when you mention this and you bring this up, what will happen is, is that somebody will say to you, "Well, then you just want us to be like the Republicans." Okay. When it comes to registered voters, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. That's a thing. That is what I want. That's totally a thing because if you don't have those people that are registered to vote your party, and again, libertarians punch over their weight anyway. I'm not. Look, when I remember when Adrian ran, we only had fifty thousand libertarians in Florida. Dude got a quarter million vote. Whole lot of people that weren't fucking libertarians were voting for Adrian in that race. Same, Bill Wilsifer, same thing. Same thing with Bill. Same, same thing, thing with Bill. Bill, Bill Wilsifer was the first libertarian ever to run for attorney general in the United States. And he got, he got three and a half, four percent. Yeah, he got a good amount. He, he got a good amount. He, 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 look, he, he gave a good showing. He did. He did. He, did. he gave a good showing. And uh, there were a few things on his campaign that I didn't agree with, but they were part of his campaign. So yeah. I, you know, I, I worked with it and I did what I was asked. Um, yeah, look, you know, again, we're not going to agree with these people all the time, nope, so. Nope, but I could agree with enough of him that you're not going to agree with anybody 100% of the time. If you if you do, they are lying or you are lying to yourself. One of the two. Yeah, one of those two things is happening. Um, the only exception I have found is me and Spike seem to like, I think we're at like 99.9. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but we're also the exact same height, and our our hands are the same size. So I think there's just you think there's some genetic going yeah, there's on there. Some genetic going on, um, but that might go with a flat Earth thing, by the way. Just it, so you know, I don't funny. know if that's a if that might be a thing or not. But. He's he's my slightly less attractive doppelganger. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's good you found each other. We did, um, but if you if you agree with somebody 100 percent of the time, one of you is lying, and. You need to find somebody you agree with 80% of the time, 70% of the time, because you're not going to do better than that. If you do, again, one of you is lying. Yeah. So you have to find the people that you want to work with, the people you want to support, the people you want to vote for, uh, and say, okay, how much do we agree? And then once you get to the point of, okay, we agree 70% of the time, 80% of the time, that's who you vote for. Don't worry about that 20%. Don't even try to change their mind on it, because you're getting 80% of what you want. Yeah. You're not going to get a hundred. No, you're not. And that's the thing too. Like, but I, I will say this is that ideology, ideology is one thing, but 
But how you build a party is something completely different. Mm-hmm. One really has nothing to do with the other. As a matter of fact, and, and the funny part about it is I think one of the biggest Achilles heels of the LP is that because so many people that come here believe so much in the individual that they don't even want to go out and re- register more people as libertarian. It's almost one of those things like I wouldn't be a part of a member of a group that would have me. You know what I mean? So like a lot of them are instantly uh, repelled from even growing the party um, in that aspect of actually going door to door and telling people to, re- you know, asking people to register libertarian. I think you have a lot of people that are repelled by that. So, and this is where, look, if you don't want to do it personally, I, I don't think you should. However, there is a difference between not wanting to do it personally and being mad at others that want to do it. Yes. And also being mad at others that just want to grow. And this is where I would defend the Mises Caucus in. One of the things that they are trying to do is they are trying to increase the numbers of people in the Libertarian Party. But to that point, they should not be crapping on and trying to push people out who are doing the exact same thing. Yes. At the end of the day, what it comes down to is... Don't. I had a boss who said this to me once. He hired somebody that I thought was just absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, and I said, "Why would you ever let this woman into this building? She, you can't trust her." Yeah. And uh, he said, "Don't judge me on who I hire. Judge me on who I keep." Mm. And it's great. It's great advice. I don't like that guy even a little bit still. But uh, I. But that was a piece of advice that I took that I took to heart. And yes, we are trying. The Mises Caucus, Martha Bueno was, uh, she's probably not anymore, uh, but a lot of people are trying to grow the party. You're not going to like everybody coming in. Don't judge on the people who are coming in. Judge on the people who stay, because most of them are going to sit here and see the dumpster fire that our Facebooks and our Twitter wars and all of that are, and they're going to leave anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get wrong, you see that in all of them now, though. That's The, the thing about it is is that, look, the dumpster fire may be in the LP, but it, it's it, the Dems and the Republicans, their stuff is just as bad, if not worse. The only difference is, is that because we have, because we have uh, smaller numbers, the craziers make up a bigger percentage. Right. And that can be misleading at times. But I, I will say this, though, from the last convention, man, I think that problem got... F- got solved. It, yes. For, I mean, for the most part, for it got solved. Part. And it's just now everybody just getting along. You know what I mean? And I thought that the one, th- the thing that irked me the most about the Martha thing was, is that somebody had said to her, like, well, maybe you should join the Democrats. Like, Martha's not a Democrat. Martha's not Like, a Martha's a Libertarian. And for you saying that, that's a problem. And also, because we're in Florida, we know this, um, and most Cubans aren't Democrats. <laughs> No, they're Republicans. They're Republicans. That's just the way it is, man. It's yeah. just it's just it's just the way it is. They came from a communist socialist nation and they came here to escape that and they see the Democrats going that way. So they are voting against that with everything they have. Yeah. Most of them are not vote like a vast vast majority of them are not voting for Democrats. If we can get them on the libertarian side, you you got your foot in. Like you already have your foot in now. Like you just have to open the door for them and let them see it. You can't push people out for trying to bring these people over. Yeah, you can't. You can't, can't do it, man. You got. You got. Here's the thing: you got to have those people in the party too. Like those people want freedom too. Like, as a matter of fact, if there is one constituency of people that I think would be most welcoming to listening to a message of getting the government off of my back, it's those people that are oppressed by the government the most. And to be honest with you, if you believe in if you believe in systemic racism, let's just say, you believe that system's racist itself, 
I don't think there's another party that is more willing to get the government off your back than this one. No. Like, we run on getting the government off your back. Like, letting you live your life as you see fit. And, you know, I, I just... It, it's It's... When you see things like that, it just gets irritating. But at the same time, I think that... It, and again, with the Augustus thing, we, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more later, but... Like I think the one mistake I made out of it was, I think I was a little too quiet about it at a certain point. But at the same time, I think I made the right move in the fact that I wasn't the person to do that. With Adrian was the person Adrian to do that. Adrian was the person to do and that. And that dude blew him, blew everything up in order to in order to 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 get it done. And looking back, that dude made the right call. Like he didn't make a bad call. And to be honest with you. He asked so many other people to be chair that they made him be chair, and he warned them exactly yeah, what he was going to do. I remember, and he did it. Yeah, so I, you know, I remember that convention. But uh, now it's all over. Like I went there now, man. Like I said, I went there last year. It was amazing. I think Steve Nikela does a great job, by the way. I think he I does a Steve. phenomenal job. Love I think Steve. Cecilia, who I talk to a lot, who does like the marketing and stuff like that yeah. for the LP and the fundraising and stuff, she does a phenomenal job. Like those those emails where they do. An email on every person that's donating twenty five dollars a month, right? That's on the the, the one hundred to twenty five list. That is probably one of the best things I've seen for raising consistent small dollar donations. Yes, because it's only twenty five bucks. But that is probably the best thing I've ever seen for increasing those small number of donations, and it gets people buy in because then they read their stuff. Because you got to you have to talk to that person to find out where they're all at, so you get all this information that they want to share. Like I had to, you know, I talked to Celia for a little while, and when she wrote that thing up, you know, about a whole bunch of different stuff, and I was like, you know, because I was past organizations, past things that you were doing. So, yeah, we um, so. The main thing that we need to remember as libertarians, all of us, is we need to grow the party. Otherwise, nothing is going to happen. Well, it's just a circle jerk. Yeah. It's, it's just a circle jerk. People got to get elected. But the thing is, this, and somebody wrote something on there before. I know we're not looking at all the questions and stuff. Um, but the, the one thing is, is like candidates build parties. There's a lot of truth to that. There is. There's a lot of truth to that. However, that's, that's not telling the entire story. Candidates can build it. They chum the waters to get people in. But those people that are in, once that candidate is done, they have to go out and get more people to be registered in the party. I'm not saying be active. I'm not saying be active. But the numbers at the division of elections make a difference. And candidates, it's almost like a field of dreams kind of thing too. Like if you build it, they will come. If you have enough people that are registered libertarians where they know that there's a block of people that that will vote for that candidate, then you will see that there will be more people that are trying to, um, you know, get elected in that party. Also, and that the other part of it is this, if you represent a bigger block, and this is what happened after Wiley's election, after Wiley got a quarter million votes, at that point, the Republicans were reaching out to us. Yes. Because at the, at the same time we were doing this, we were going up to Tallahassee and we were going, like we were with Liberty First Network, with the lobbying organization that we had at the time. We were going up to Tallahassee. There was a marketable, I mean, amazing difference between what was happening before that election and after that election. And then after that election, we were meeting with speakers of the House, we were meeting with all these people. And they at least for a good amount of time, we're moving in the right direction. And I will say that that I think that some of our actions that were up there have led the Republicans in Florida 
at least a little bit closer to where we would want them to be. I can see that. Not all the way, though, and they still make all kinds of mistakes. They do. But I will say this, though. They, they, if you look at, like, the freedom index that they had for, like, for each state, when we started Liberty First, it was pretty bad. When we ended Liberty First, it was actually pretty good. Like, it, it, it got a lot better. I think, it was, I think it was number two. Yeah, it got up, man. We, like, we were, like, we were probably kind of proud of that, to be honest with you. Even though, look, I will say that we are... are our contribution to that was not nearly as as large as I'm probably making it out to sound right now, but it wasn't insignificant either, because we were the only. And they, when we met with them, they would tell us a lot of times, "You guys are the only ones that come up and tell us not to do stuff. Everybody else come up here telling you to do stuff. We're the only ones that come up there not to tell you to do stuff." And you learn so much, like it, it, like for candidates. If you are a candidate, the one thing you need to know is what is currently going on in whatever office you're running for. Like, if you're running for county commissioner, well, then that's easy. That's local. Right. But if you're running for, like, for state house, which is probably the one area in which we should be going in the most because that's where you're going to have the most impact, is that you need to know what's going on up there. You need to know what they're doing, what the issues are that they're doing, and how you can steer them in a direction that would be better. But even if they don't do it, to be able to use that information when you have to go out and debate those people on what they're really doing wrong. Because, look, just telling everybody that you want to be free is not going to work. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, it's just not going to work. You have to know what's going on with the issues up there in order to be looked at as with someone of a, of an of a, someone that you could trust with holding that power. Right, as a serious candidate. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the issues that a lot of, so many people, like you said earlier, they do it for notoriety. They, they want to say that I'm running, you know, I, I ran for this office. Mm-hmm. Um, and... They don't really know the issues at hand. It's part of the reason that I've, which is weird, and nobody's going to believe this, but it's one of the reasons that I've never run for office is because I know what's going on nationally, but I wouldn't run for a national office. Yeah, I wouldn't now. No. And uh, I wouldn't run for a national office. If I was going to run, I'd run for something local or something statewide. Uh, but at the same time, I pay so much attention to national stuff. I don't really know what's happening locally or in Florida. Oh, you know, I just, I have a weird, I mean, again, I, I, I pay attention to it so much, especially this, the Florida stuff, is that I do know a lot of the Florida stuff that's going on as well as the national stuff that's going on. Local county commission, I haven't, I, I, I just, I, I don't get involved in that stuff. I just don't have enough time to do that stuff mm-hmm. along with owning a business and having to do, you know, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm following in Wint's footsteps when it comes to cleaning. So, right. <laughs> you know what? If you're listening to this show and you got that joke, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. If you get that joke, do you know that they held their convention like two miles from my house? By the way, when I was living in Spring Hill, did they really? Yeah. So the Reform Party is was holding their convention in Spring Hill, Florida, at the time, and it was literally two miles from my house. You should have swung by. Yeah, I wasn't gonna do that. Yeah, I, I was not gonna do that one. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I got, no. I got death threats from somebody that went to the reform party. Oh, did you really? Uh, when? Oh, you got it from him too. Yeah. Oh. Um. I remember that one day I punked him out. That was the funniest day. What's funny is, um, who was it that ran for governor after Wiley? But he like never made it. Like he didn't even. Oh, I know who. He, oh, oh, oh. What's that guy's name? Oh, I forget his name. Wiseman. Wiseman. Randy, Randy Wiseman. Wiseman. Yeah. And Bill Wolsifer recommended me to be the, uh, to be the. Uh, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on this. Vice governor. Lieutenant governor. Lieutenant governor. Um, oh no, I remember this. He, yeah, he recommended me to be the lieutenant governor, but he had Joe Wint as his campaign manager. Yeah. Which. 
when I found that out, I was already like, huh, no, I'm not doing yeah, this. Yeah, no, there was no need at that point. Right, there was no Like, need. you're not a serious campaign. Right, but I said that I would go to the meeting anyway. Yeah. So I did, and the entire time, he was like, he was dogging me for being uh, friends with you and friends with Bowen, Greg Bowen, and um, for working on uh, Bill's campaign, Bill Wilsifer. Yeah. He was dogging me for all of that, and I was like, Bill Wilsifer is the one that recommended me to be here. <laughs> he could, how can... Why Which is, is bad. That? It's just a bad candidate. Yeah, and because uh, even if you have issues and stuff like that, if you're meeting somebody like that, well, you bring that stuff up, you're only showing your own ugliness. Right. Exactly. And I was meeting with Wynn. I wasn't meeting with Weissman. I was only meeting with Wynn. Oh God. And I went, well, I don't really know if I trust your candidate. And he said, why? And I said, because he picked you as his campaign manager. <laughs> and he, what's that supposed to mean? I said, you have literally said that you wanted me and all of the people in Pinellas County dead. And he was like. That was hyperbole. I was like, was it hyperbole? Because to me, it sounded like a death threat. Mm-hmm. And like we went off on each other, and we were going back and forth, and I torched him. And um, Bill Wilsifer texted me and during the meeting. He goes, I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. That is what it is, though. But thank God those people aren't around either, though. I mean, again, they're, and they're good lessons to learn, by the way. Like, it really is good lessons to learn about what not to do. Yes. You know, and, and, and that's why I think like, I really wanted, especially now that I'm back and I'm doing stuff again, I'm really glad that I am, I'm very limited in what I'm going to be allowed to do anyway. Like what I'm allowed to do, because Kelly and Danielle, look, even the limited stuff I'm doing right now, Kelly and Danielle are not happy with. Right. Well, Danielle's not happy with it. Kelly doesn't give a shit, but, (laughs) but Danielle's definitely not happy with it though. And and she's, and, and you know what? And my own, and my own fault is. I have, like, I, I told her things, but I didn't tell her too much. So when she find out more, she'd get even more mad at me. Then she'd get more <laughs> mad at me. And she's like, look, if you're lying about this, what the hell else are you lying about? And I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, oh, this is bad. So I better just lay it all out what I'm doing. So I did lay out what I was doing. But I'm like, I'm not doing anything more than this. This is the only area in which I'm good at. This is the only thing I can contribute right now. Other than I did want to, I, if I can find other people that are, trying to do the same thing that I think they should be doing, right. then I want to help with those things. So like, you know, increasing registration, membership, things like that. I, I want to see those things grow. Absolutely. But I don't, what I don't want to deal with is a lot of the drama, which unfortunately, you know, I end up coming on the show to talk to you because of drama okay. that I saw. However, you know, in, in looking at it, I think using that as the example of the right thing to do is probably a better way to look at it. You know what I mean? Cause like, again, I'm a member of the Mises caucus. Like they, they, I, I, they reached out to me. They've been, they've been super like they, they've got me back. I would say they got me back involved more than anybody else got me back involved. But at the same time, when you see something that's kind of messed up, you're just like, well, you know, you gotta, let's not do that. Like, like let's, let's remember that you need, look, you need the Mises caucus and you need Martha Bueno. You can't have, you, you got to have them, or the people like Martha Bueno. I mean, you don't need just one person. Right. But you need those people. And if you are actively trying to tell those people to go away, then you're a problem. Yes. And then you're a problem that needs to be pointed out. Yes. Especially because of what happened before with the, you know, that guy. <laughs> 
with Augustus, yeah. Uh, real quick, before we go on, uh, Joe Hanush says, is Matt and I running again? And for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Matt and I is, what is he? The, he he's the chair of the RLC. The yeah. Oh, he's a great guy. Great Matt guy. and I is a phenomenal guy, Work works super hard. Love Matt to this day. Still help him out on a lot of things. Like, I still help those guys on Love stuff. Matt. Matt's a great Matt's, guy. Matt's phenomenal. Is he running for State House again? Because he's running for State House a lot. Is he running again? I don't know if he is or not. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I like but, Matt and I. I like Matt and I a lot. If ever you're in if ever you're on a business trip with Matt and I, get separate rooms. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Get separate rooms. We had an Airbnb with him one time. It was nice. Yeah, it was nice. It was a multiple bedroom one. It was a multiple bedroom. He was in the bedroom next to me. Yeah. And he still kept me awake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, Matt Nye's a great guy. Why uh, couldn't he get trashed in his camp? Oh, uh, Joe's asking a lot of questions Joe here. is our... I mean, I've, I've actually... I, like I feel bad for Joe because I've actually... I, I haven't said some of the questions. Um, <laughs> he's not related to Bill Nye, though. <laughs> How funny would it be if he was, actually, though? Um, how could he couldn't get trashed in the campaign before? It's a tough area where he's at, man. And those are established guys that were over there that he was running against, man. It was yeah, tough. That's that tough, tough business, game. man. I mean, he, it ain't for lack of trying. And he got in, he's got close. He also so he also got uh, Young Americans for Liberty to come down and knock for him that one time. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they were doing their they were doing their uh, I forget how many door thing it yeah, was, but the, how, yeah, all the doors or whatever it was called, and. The issue there was he did he actually didn't do bad in that in that campaign in that race. Yeah, um, those guys started knocking too late though. They, yeah, exactly. They came down too late. Uh, yeah, because of some issues that were going on, they couldn't get the people down there. And once they did get the people down there, yeah, and it was you got to remember too, like in other states, like the early voting here is different than the early voting in other states, and so like you have to you got to you got to go thirty days out from. I'm going out of camera view. You got to go thirty days out from. Um, what you normally would go into for Florida in order to win those primaries and stuff right. like that. So, I mean, I like their people did, he did yeoman's work, but like, it was tough. It's that Altman, man. He's a, he's a big money a guy big over guy. there, man. It really stops. Yeah. No, don't stop asking questions, man. What the hell? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, it, liber- YL's definitely libertarian minded, by the way. Yeah. They, YL, YL is the same issue that I have with uh, certain members of the Mises caucus. Or the certain members of a lot of different with RLC or whatever, um, they have a lot of ideas I agree with. They have some that I don't agree with. And with Yell, uh, you only hear about the bad stuff that happens at Yell. Apparently, something happened there this week. I don't know what it is because again, I'm going to repeat it. I don't care. Um, but something happened, and people are saying that you shouldn't give money to Yell anymore. I don't know if that's true. Um, but, well, I didn't hear anything about this. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody got fired or something. I'm not sure. Um, but. Uh, a lot of the candidates that Yao supports have the great talking points. Then they get into office, and then they become like every other Republican. Some of them have. Yeah, some of them have. Some of them have. It's yeah. unfortunate. But, but look, it's... But the guy from uh, the guy from Virginia... Nick Freitas. Yeah, Nick Freitas. That guy, I've got a slight man crush on him. Uh, I love me some Nick Freitas. Yeah, I love no, 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 no. Nick Freitas. You know what the funny thing is about Nick Freitas, by the way? Have you, have you ever met him, like, personally? Yeah. I met, okay. him, I met him when we were doing the RLC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What a crack up. Yeah. No, great What guy. a crack up the guy great is. Great guy. Yeah. Fantastic. And very good looking man, too, by the way. Like, again, very good looking. Not saying I'm gay. Not that there's a problem with it. But, you know. Not that there's anything wrong with it. 
But I do. I will say I got a little bit of crush on him. A little man crush on Nick Freitas. Yeah, Nick's good. And I, you ever listen to his speeches in the Virginia legislature? Like he actually does give some good speeches. He gives great speeches. Yeah. He gives. I think that he would probably be libertarian if libertarians could win. Yeah, if the numbers were enough, he would be one of those people that would come over, like him, Jeff Brandis, Massey, even probably Rand or something like that. If you built the numbers up, then those people would be the first defectors. Yes. You know, and that's what you want to have too. You want to have some of those people that are like, there's some people that go up there that are probably a lot more libertarian minded than you think, but also just aren't nearly as principled as you'd want them to be. But if you got, but you got them, you know, if they had more people that were up there that were actually, you know, going to vote the same way, then you would see a lot of the stuff that we like do well. Right. Exactly. Um, so before, well, we're way over time so we'll just keep going um oh we have a time frame not really but i mean sarah hold on what time how much have we how long have we been going anyway hour 27 really yeah adrian gets so mad when i say that yeah. i'm <laughs> always surprised well i'm actually more surprised with you i can't believe we've done it for an hour yeah, so I can't believe we haven't even gotten to hardly anything i know um that's why i was like oh man we're, we're we were jumping around so much talking about so many different topics but um back back to the inner party stuff. Yeah. Um, which we basically said everything that you need to say on it. Like, you can't just kick people out. You don't want to kick people out, especially people who are bringing people in. Yeah. Let's take a welcoming message. Yes. You need a welcoming message. And again, you don't have to agree with everybody on everything. And again, I don't agree with everybody on everything. Don't get me wrong. And I have some red lines too. So it's, it, it, and somebody said something earlier up here. Um, I, I, we don't have to go back to it, but it was almost like, you know, you're being a hypocrite because you're actually, you know, you're, you're, you're wanting people to be individuals. And then when they act like oh, individuals, okay. you get mad because they're, because they're being individuals. I understand the, 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 the confusion there, but there are some red line things. Yes. Like let's, let's look at COVID. Sure. If you were pro lockdown, if you were pro vaccine mandate, then if you were pro mask mandate, then you've identified yourself as you're a statist. You know, you're, you're not that. Now, if you're pro-vaccine, but want people to do it if they want to do it or don't want to do it if they don't want to do it, I have zero problem with you. There are arguments you can make for taking the vaccine. Yeah. There are arguments you can make against taking the vaccine. I'm choosing to not do it because I don't want to do it because fuck you, don't tell me what to do. Yeah, that's basically where I'm at. And I think, and I'm, I think that the risk that I take is about the same. Now, don't get me wrong. I have done things to mitigate that. I've increased my vitamin D intake. I've increased my vitamin C <laughs> intake, zinc, all that kind of stuff. Bet you've increased your vitamin D. Um, I don't know where I don't <laughs> know where you're going with that, but I kind of <laughs> like it actually. Um, right. I 100. percent I agree with. I agree with all of that. Uh, if ever you, uh, if you, if you're saying we need to build walls. I understand where you're coming from because you want to get what if, if your reasoning is we need to get rid of the welfare state before we can start letting people in. Yeah. Okay. I get where you're coming from that. The other side of it is just go until the welfare state breaks. Um, there's two options here. Uh, so I won't call somebody a statist if they want to get a wall because they don't want the welfare state. Won't do it because they're trying to break down one part. Yeah. They're trying to break down a part. Because uh, I saw somebody saying... I saw somebody saying it earlier. Yeah, now people in the Libertarian Party want to build walls. Most of them are, do, are doing it because they don't want the welfare state to grow. Um, 
And I get the thinking there. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Yeah, I think they're wrong. I think they're wrong, but I'm not going to try to kick them out of a party for it. Yeah. That's just something we're going to have to come together with on later. But right now, we can agree, we don't want the welfare state. One of the biggest issues that we have as a party, individuals and as a party, is we sit there and we find the 10% that we disagree on. And we fight over that 10%. Yeah, we go to war over that 10%. We go to war over that 10%. Which you don't need to do. You do not need to do it. If you if somebody is a legit statist, if they were for the COVID vaccine mandates, if they were for the mask mandates, if they were for... Um, uh, oh, what was that called? Man, my brain is just not working. It's not firing all c- cylinders today. Uh, the internet thing where they... Net neutrality? Net neutrality. If they were for net neutrality... These are people that you're not going to be able to get along with because they say government is the solution. Yeah. Uh, those people, you can say, okay, you think the government's the solution. We can get rid of it. Uh, yeah. We can show them that it's not. I mean, that's really what right. it comes down to. You got to show them that it's not. There's a, you know what the other thing is this though, and 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 this is where I think sometimes, look, a lot of times I think libertarians get accused of um, not having a heart or not being. Um, What's the word for it? Um, uh, sympathy for people that are in these plights. Right. You know, in the past couple of years, because I switched what I what we did as a as I did as a career, so we switched and we got into the cleaning business, and we are going down to a lot of different people's houses, and so I'm meeting a lot of people, and one thing I'm noticing is the dependency, empathy. Thank you, thank you, empathy. Um, what I've noticed is there are people that are legitimately hurting and that have been so brainwashed by government and by people in government that they don't think that they have the answers themselves. So I think that what we need to have happen there is having that empathy, but then showing them that there's another way and not necessarily judging them for taking the government cheese right now, but to say, you you want to be independent. Let's show you how to do that. Right. And so, you know, like one of the things Danielle's getting involved in right now is she's helping like um, uh, women that were like beaten, like uh, from, from domestic violence, domestic violence right. and stuff like that. And so she's starting to deal with some of these people. And her thing is, is she wants to get them from where they're at right now to be independent. You don't need a government program to do that. You need somebody that cares to do that, though. Exactly. And somebody that can do that thing. And Danielle's luckily that she has to be able to do that. And so she can get those things done. But at the same time, it's a it's going to be a process. We have a lot of people that are really, really, really addicted to government. Mm-hmm. They're really addicted to it, and they don't think there's any other answer. And until you get that part of it done... I mean, again, I think there's enough people out there that if the Libertarian Party is an organization really focused on registering Libertarians, that within two years in Florida, you'd actually be at like 10 or 15%. Like, I think you could get there, and I think you could get there pretty easily if if there was the focus on it. But the focus has to be on it, though. And that's when I go to the convention, one of the things I am going to bring up is going to be this, is, is going to be this, is I'm going to talk about this. Again, I'm just going to go grab a mic when you can have free mic time and 
say it to the whole group. Like, they're not going to let me go on the main stage and say that shit. I mean, look, if they're having me speak, I still only speak on Fridays. Right. Like, you know, I don't get to speak on, I don't speak on Saturday night for the, for the, for the meal or anything like that, right. which is fine with me, by the way. Like, I don't want I don't need to, I don't need any more than that, man. I don't, I really don't need any more than that. Anymore. My ego has been fed enough, man. And my ego only needs like little bits to be fed now. Like if one person will say, Oh, Alex, what's up, man? And I'm like, just like, then it you all know, makes right. Like, even I, when I went before, man, people didn't, because I, lo- I had lost a lot of weight. I gained a little bit of a back, but I lost a lot of weight, and there were people that didn't even recognize me. And then they go, Alex, is that you? Yeah, I, uh, I remember, because I, I saw you, and I knew exactly who you were immediately. Yeah. But, um, like, you came up, and I was just like, oh, my God, it's so good to see you. I introduced you to super fan Sarah Andreg, and uh, then, like, I saw other people just walk by, and they did the, is that? Yeah, like Ken Willie did it. Yeah. Is it Willie? I've always said Wiley. No, I think it's Willie. Oh, okay. I think it's Willie. Um, but, uh, yeah, don't try to kick people out because you disagree on 10%. Find, find out why they have those beliefs, and then you can slowly discuss it with them calmly. And give them time to get there. Yeah, and give them time to get there. But focus on the 90%, the 80% that you do agree on. That is the important part. Now, if somebody is... A Nazi, verifiably a Nazi. It's a horse of a different color. Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get there. <laughs> if they're talking about the third way, kind of a problem. Kind of a problem. Yeah, if they, uh, they have certain tattoos, you know, it's gonna be a problem. Oh my god. Oh my god, though. Oh, is he still in jail right now? Yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah. They, I think they let him out for COVID, and then he ended up back. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he was never gonna be free. No. No, he was uh, uh, he was a little too much. Jerry uh, Jerry Rora from uh, Jacksonville, Tub Jerry Tub. Do you need my stage time? <laughs> he's he's offering his stage time. For I would him. not want to take the stage time from anybody else. By the way, I'll I'll look. I'll went finagle my way in at a time frame in which they allow people just to grab mics, and I'll go up and say I'll say my piece then. But you right. know, and they hey, look, they were good enough to ask me to go and speak. So like they, you know, they. And when they asked me, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll speak. Yeah. What do you say? I'm like, you know, the legislative process, that's what I'm going to do. Like, I already have that, I already have that, uh, already got that presentation all figured out. Like, I can do that one off the top of my head. Nice. So, um, but yeah. I can do that one stoned, by the way, but I won't. I will be completely <laughs> sober when I do that one, so. But immediately afterwards. Well, because it would be rude to do it before. Right, it would. Well, because then I'd probably be up there stuttering and. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I tried to, hold on, I don't remember where I was. I, when I do a, I think I did a radio show one time, and I did get high first, and that was not a good show. Right. Yes. Uh, David Davis says eighty percent libertarian is twenty percent my enemy. Is how many libertarians yeah. see it? And I that, mean, you're you're right. You're it right. sucks. That is how they see it. That is not the correct way to look at it, though. Yeah. Um, that is not the correct way to look at it. Well, you know what? Let me let me give one caveat to that. Let me okay. give a little caveat to that. The loud libertarians do that. Mm-hmm. It's the active ones, which gives you a false impression that it's all of them. Yes. So we have decided to help you get stoned at our visiting so, table. So Hold on, is there a lot of people that are like going to be at the convention that are yeah, listening to this? John, so John Morrissey is the owner of Stitches and Glitches and Defy the Power, who uh, make these fantastic tumblers, which normally I have on the episode, but I don't have it with me today. Uh, I think it's in my bedroom on my nightstand. Uh, Because I was drinking from it last night. Uh, These great tumblers. 
Uh, you can. It's the tumbler that was in the intro video mm-hmm. that has the muddied water symbol. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah okay. He makes those. Um, nice. But they also have attachments for their tumblers that turn them into smoking devices. Smoking devices, and you put ice in it, and it acts as. That's some MacGyver ass shit right there. I know. Uh, and he told me at the last Libertarian convention, they were selling them there. You may remember the table was on the right when you walked into the room. Okay. Um, they sold, oh, yeah. He had a big table. He had a big table. Yeah. He sold more at that convention than he did at a Grateful Dead concert. What the? <laughs> How long ago was the Grateful Dead concert, I wonder? Well, uh, the Dead concert. Whatever the group is that's touring now. Oh, that's touring as the Dead? Yeah. Oh, I got you. I got yeah. you. Um, that's weird, dude. That's li- really weird. Libertarians go hard. Well, because uh, I mean, there were a lot of smoking was going on there. A lot of weed was getting smoked in that fucking weed. place. Scott I got to tell you, man, I'm looking so forward to the legal market, by the way. Oh, my Like, God. just the little bit of taste of the legal market that we have right now is amazing. Like, just to be able to... And you know what? And the thing is, they put them in, like... Like, like the medical ones, the, the, the little box that you get in is, like, the perfect size for like other little boxes that you have. And like, you know, my whole box delivery system that I have working in my house, because again, I have OCD on so many different things. Like it just works perfectly. It's just, it's, it's amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm such a fan of it right now. And it's only still just the medical. So uh, when I was in Alaska, because I spent the summer up in Alaska. Yeah. Uh, working that one year. Well, better than spending the winters up there. Oh yeah, I wouldn't have done it. Um, <laughs> but it's legal. Totally. So, totally legal. So there's a place called the Stony Moose. Who needs to do better job with their stickers? Um, not long term there. Right, not long term. This was the first sticker on, and it's still my muddied water sticker. Yeah, you did a good job on first that sticker. First sticker on, still the brightest. Yep. Um, but they, uh, I, I would go there after work and just pick up stuff for the day, and it was completely legal. And <sighs> they were like, whatever you do when you leave here, don't walk through that parking lot. And I said, why? And they said, that's a federal building and they can arrest you. But if you walk around, you're fine. And so I walked around. Well, oh. most of the time. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on, dude. There's another, hold on, we got to tell the other story, by the way. We got to tell, we got to tell the story, the DC story. Oh, the DC, okay, so. <laughs> this is the best. Hold on, this is, this, this is probably the this is probably one of the better me and you stories right mm-hmm. here. Because this is funny as shit. Yeah, so we're, we're in D.C. We're at a Yao convention. Let's start a little bit earlier than that. On the way up. Because that's when the question was asked. Oh, that's right. That's what I was thinking it was asked later. No, no, no. It was yeah, on the okay. way up. So we're on the way up. I fell asleep on the way up. because In a Ford Transit van. In a Ford Transit van. With no back seats. Yep. I was just sleeping on the floor. Um, and then I woke up and we were talking. And Alex said... Um, he, he was like, man, I wish there was a way for me to get, like, weed up here. And I was like, weed's legal in D.C. And, like, I'm, like, texting. And he's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm like, yes, it is. And he goes, no, it's not. And I was like, it, it is, but it isn't. It's weird. They passed it, so it's legal. But then the federal government said you can't have weed shops in D.C. because it's federal. So there are workarounds that you can get weed in D.C. And he said, no way. So we started looking it up. And we found a guy online um and we were just like buy weed in dc and we clicked on one of the links and it was like yeah call this number if you want to buy weed so we call the number and we're like hey uh yeah we're in town for some stuff uh we literally just left the capital and uh 
We, we, went, we went and met with some people and then went and yeah. did it. And uh, they were showing up in suits. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Yeah, yeah. No, no, don't get to that part yet. Hold on. Get, 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 get the other part in. But we're, just so you know, we're wearing suits because we were just leaving the Capitol. We bumped into Massey on our way out. <laughs> yeah, we totally did. So, right in the street. Yep. He was a little nervous at first until he realized we liked him and then he was cool. And then he was cool. And then he complimented my shoes. Yes. Um, he said, I like your shoes. I was like, thanks, Doc Martens. And he goes, I like Doc Martens. I was like, me too. And, um, so we get we go and we make the call and the guy says, "Yeah, um, you can meet us at this hotel, this room number, at this time." And I said, "This feels like the most illegal drug deal." Yes, <laughs> ever. It felt it felt really bad. It felt so bad. <laughs> I took my I took my ID out of my pocket. The only thing I had was enough money to uh, the only thing I had in my in my pockets was enough money to buy whatever I was going to buy. Right. And I went with him just in case. Yeah. <laughs> really. Cuz he was glutton for punishment at that point, I guess. Right. cuz I had to see what was going to happen. Um so we get to this hotel at the appropriate time. And they say walk in like you're going to a room, don't walk in looking around. Right. And so we walked in and we found the room that we were supposed to go to and we knock on the door and they're like, "Who is it?" and I was like, Matt and Alex, we called. We're supposed to be here at 2.30 or whatever. And he goes, okay. And he opens the door. And they have this hotel room. They've, like, cleared out the furniture. Like, they've pushed it all to the side. And they've got shelves put up and tables, display tables out. And they have everything laid out and organized. and <laughs> Really well organized, really by the way. Really well organized. And he took you around on a tour of this hotel room. And he was saying, this is, you know, you can get this for this much. You can get this for this much and this for this much. And um, we're going, okay. And then at the end, he goes, it's not legal for us to sell weed here in D.C., but you can make a donation to the Wounded Warriors Foundation. The Warriors for Buds or something like that. Was no, it wasn't Wounded Warriors. It was like Warrior for Buds. Okay. It was a legal, it was a veterans marijuana organization. Yes. and uh, That was the PSA. Yeah. And we said, okay. And he goes, it's this much of a donation if you want the things that you have put down here. And so Alex went, okay. And he put the money <laughs> into the donation <laughs> thing and we took it and we left. And um, it was the most bizarre legal drug deal I have ever done. It was and fun, though. It was fun. It was fun. I'm glad we did it, by the way, because it was one of those, like, we, we parked, like, a block away over there. Danielle stayed in the car. Mm-hmm. We're walking up to the hotel. Again, we have no idea what to expect. None. And you open that door, and there's just, like, that chick sitting there, you know, because there was a girl that was sitting with the guy. But he looked pretty I cool, for- though. Yeah, I forgot about her. Yeah, she was just sitting yeah, there. Yeah, sitting in a corner, man. Just sitting in the corner. I mean, she was hot, and she was a good-looking girl, but, like, it was just the weirdest. She probably had a gun on her maybe it's possible. I mean, I didn't blame them. Yeah. Again, and I don't know why they were using that hotel. And I think that they have like some kind of an agreement with somebody, but it was really like, it was, it was, and that stuff was good, man. That stuff was real good. Especially the hard candies. That's where I really had the hard candies the first time. Yeah. And the hard candies is like a, and again, I don't get them any, I don't get them down here. Obviously. That may have been the last time I smoked weed. Oh man. Yeah. That do may- that again someday. That may- <laughs> Well, I've stopped everything now. Like, I, like Kava is the only thing I do now. Yeah, but nobody likes a quitter, though. No. <laughs> Sarah's going to come in here and kick you out. Well, I know. Um, I'm, blame, I'm just kidding. That was a bit. That was a bit for the show. Um, yeah, like, uh, I think that was the last time I smoked weed. And we're sitting outside, and we're t- I don't. I don't know if you remember this. I remember this so vividly. Uh, <laughs> I like a quitter. <laughs> I like a quitter, too. 
But um, we were we were sitting outside and we were talking, and you started telling me about the um, the League of Cities. Yeah, is that what it's called? The League of Cities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, you were telling me about the League of Cities, and as you're describing it to me, like I can't even form a sentence. Um, in my like my brain won't form a sentence, and he's telling me about this, and the only thing I'm picturing is a uh, like the the like the Justice League. Not the Justice, but the bat, like the the Cult of Owls in Batman or whatever it's called. It's the something, the House of Owls or something. Okay. In in Batman, and I'm just like, you're making this sound like a comic, like a comic book evil villain thing, and you're just like, how have you know? You live in Florida, and I was like, I don't think I've ever heard of this before. And the next day, I was like, man, that was. That's why I don't really smoke weed around people is because I can't think. <laughs> and then I started thinking about. It, I was like. Oh, Greg told me about those people, and I looked them up, and like I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember all of the things now." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've I've told so many people about the League of Cities by telling them that story. Yeah. The League of Cities in Florida is awful. If you live here, it's in totally Florida, a fucking racket, by the way. It's totally a racket. No, yes, no. Joe, you are correct. It is a made-up yeah. BS organization. Yeah. No, no, it is. It's it's it's. You know, it's weird is that we have a couple people from time, like especially like Martin. Like I know Martin was going to those things for a while, and. Um, I think he might still go to those things if he's still allowed to go because he causes trouble when he goes there. I mean, not not real trouble. Like he doesn't. He's not violent or anything like that. But like he'll make his point known for because right. he's you know he's a, he's a, he's at least he was on the city council. I haven't talked to Martin in a while though. But I like Martin. Oh, Martin was great, Martin's man. Great. Martin was awesome. He was good people, man. I really like Martin. Yeah, so. Martin's a fantastic human being. I wish I I wish I would see him more. Like. At like LP events, I was hoping to see that. Same with Jared. Jared's doing great down Jared, there. Yeah, oh, he's doing phenomenal down there. You want to talk about a success of a guy that you know is a libertarian and on city council in one of the richest zip codes in Florida, yep. if not the country. Yeah, you know, because that's Marco Island, man. That's a big yeah, deal. Graffoni, Jared yeah. Graffoni. And I, I remember going to someone. I remember going to one of his debates that he had down there, and to listen to the crowd embrace the. And again, it's a nonpartisan race, so he had he went you know he's MPA. I mean, he's the registered libertarian, but he's everybody's you know running MPA at that point. Right. But to hear him give the libertarian answer to um, these problems, and to see him go about it in a way in which you get all these old people that are probably all used to voting Republican that are just all all on board with it. Oh yeah, is just amazing. So same, same thing with Martin. Yeah. Uh, what's Martin's last name? Why am I blanking on Martin's last name? We were friends on my last Facebook, but that one got blown up. Um, he comes from this. He comes from this area in Florida, frostproof, and he got elected to a nonpartisan race. Sullivan, Martin Sullivan. Thank Martin Sullivan. Joe. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Um, love that man. <laughs> I feel bad that I didn't know his name, um, but he got elected to city council. He ended up becoming vice mayor. Mm-hmm. Became mayor. And in the time period that he was on the city council, he had used libertarian solutions to solve so many of the issues. Mm-hmm. He was having community cleanups, and people were showing up for it. Mm-hmm. He was having, uh, like, they had, like, potholes and stuff. He had the community come out and fix it, and they were just coming out to do it. Yeah. Because they were tired of the contract with the person that they had that was out of that was out of their county. Mm-hmm. And they said, nope, we're just going to do it ourselves. And people showed up, and they fixed things. Uh, he used so many great libertarian solutions for so many of the issues that they have. And uh, he is 
these are two guys that you need to like lift to say this is what can happen. Yeah, no, no, no. I, it, hold on, and I don't want to take Jim uh, Jim Turney out of the mix either, though. Fair. Tim Fair. Jim Turney is also a guy that did did, did, did did very well as well. So he's and he's still up. He's still in his seat too. So I like Jim. I think Jim does really well. I, Martin and Martin and Grafoni were. I was a little more active at the time, so they, I really have an affinity right. to those two for that's, what they've done. That's my thing. And Martin yeah. used to call me to have me talk at city council meetings down mm-hmm. there. About, yeah, we, we, we've been over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to go Oh, down. where we had the burger with the coleslaw on the top, yes, man. at the uh, pool hall that's oh, down there. man. Um, I, started put, I started doing that to burgers it's, then it's so after good. that. It's so good. Oh, yeah, by the way, if you, if, again, let's make sure we mention this correctly. Coleslaw on a hamburger is the bomb. It is. It really is. It's so good. Like yeah. the next time you cook out, you have a burger, go like to Publix or make it yourself. Make it yourself or go to Publix and get you some sweet coleslaw or whatever it is and put it on top of that burger. I guarantee you, you're going to love it. Yeah. Life changing. It is. Life changing. Um, do we think we can keep the Augusta stuff to under 10 minutes? Like, literally on top. Like, burger, cheese, if you want, coleslaw. Inside the bun, though. Inside, inside the, bun. the bun. Inside, inside the, bun. the bun. And I, I will tell you this, though. You put a pickle in it if you want to, and you can put some of the other stuff in it. But, no, that's a cool question, dude. Yeah. Um, but you can, but I feel like you don't need the ketchup, and you need the mustard, and you need the, well, you definitely don't need the mayonnaise at that point. Well, you always need mayonnaise. Let's not. Oh, that's true. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, oh, I, 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 oh, I, I crossed the red line yeah. just now, and I, I apologize <laughs> For the red line, of course you needed more um, mayo. You always need extra mayo. Um, but you don't need the ketchup and the mustard. Um, it's it's great. Yeah, Joe's right. Fuck the AI stuff. <laughs> we already He already got enough airtime as it was. That's fair. That's fair. We used to have a rule that we didn't talk about him because we didn't want to give him airtime. Um, you know, but after a while, though, you kind of change your mind, yeah, though, on it, though. Years. Now it's you want, you want to tell the story. It's like, uh, and again, I like wrestling. So you watch some of the uh, like wrestling interviews. So they talk about what happened way back in the day and stuff like that. Like those are always very interesting to hear. So. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I remember why you. I think I watch more wrestling with you than anybody else. In my life. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy watching. Like you watch it with somebody who really is into it, and they're like, "Okay, so that's so and so, and he has a beef with so and so, but they used to be partners and yeah. the tag team, uh, but now they hate each other." And like, I've done so much where I don't watch TV anymore that I don't even watch it anymore. But here's what I do though. They have this thing called ups and downs that's on YouTube. And I listen, I watch the ups and downs. So I know what's going on. But there's this guy, Simon Miller, who's in England or whatever that does this that does ups and downs. He he'll rate each he'll rate the episode. Like he'll talk about this segment, if it was an up or a down. But he's funny as shit. Like he's super funny. So like I watch him all the time. So between that and like the hill. Like I watch the hill all the time, man. Okay. Oh, the, like, like the, the hill, news thing. The hill.tv? The, the hill news thing that has like um yeah. Rob Suarez, who's a libertarian, is on it. Okay. And then Kim Iverson, and then they have the other guy that's part of the Intercept, but he's, yeah. he sucks. Right. Yeah. Um, I read a lot of The Hill. I read so much of The Hill. Uh, Dennis, uh, talk about De- Dennis, M- M- however you say Dennis's last name. I've known Dennis for years, and um, I still don't know how to say it. Uh, I honestly don't know much about Dennis's platform. Uh, I've known him for years on Facebook. We've met multiple times in person. We've never really talked. I don't know a lot about his platform. Uh, and I don't, I know that, I believe, I don't want to say I know, 
Uh, I believe he's part of Mises Caucus, which I don't take as a red flag. I take personal things that people say as red flags. Um, but I've never seen anything from Dennis that I think is a red flag. Um, but I can't say one way or the other on whether or not I would support Dennis without uh, talking to him. Everything I've seen so far has been actually pretty good. Okay. I mean, look, the Senate's just a tough seat to run for, man. You're going up I against mean, uh, Rubio and... Okay, so in this one, you're going to have Rubio on one side, and then it's going to be... Um... Aren't they on opposites? What do you mean? Aren't they on opposite cycles? No, I think the Rube is for this cycle, though. Is Rube's this cycle? I couldn't remember, because I know Chris... When did... Well, Chris is running for governor this time. Right. Not Chris. The other governor. Well, Val Demings is running in that seat, so it's got to be. It's yeah, because Val Demings is running. Val That's who it is. Val Demings, who was the she was a, a okay, chief Rubio, of police Rubio. in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. And now she's in Congress. Right. I mean, she's not a she's not a good candidate. I mean, no. but then again, neither is the Rubio. Right. Val, Val versus Rubio. Um, yeah. No, Rubio is awful. Um, but I'm, so I'm de- Dennis is definitely getting my votes on that one. So. Yeah. I mean, out of Rubio and Val Demings, I'm voting for Dennis no matter what. Yeah, yeah, like, like, look, I, I, am not gonna vote if it, if it was just Rubio against Val, Val Demings, I'm either not voting or I'm writing in somebody else's name. Like, little, I'm just little, little sweaty Rubio. I knew there are some people that still write my name in, which I do appreciate, by the way. But it is a, um, they all fucking. <laughs> that's the slogan right there. No, 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 that's what you go with. Yeah, they all fucking suck, team, team. You know what? Why not? Dennis. <laughs> you know, I got a. You know, you you don't remember Brandon Jones? Brandon Jones. I don't remember. Brandon. He did the Global Dispatch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his name's Brandon, right? So he was gonna run for office as a spoof, as a spoof, and put like, "Let's go, Brandon." Let's go, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. No. And was just gonna do it as a spoof. I told him, "If you do that, I will help you." So, but he ended up getting. I think his wife told him not to do it either. So that's fair. That's fair. If I was ever run for office again, I would do it single because I would be divorced as soon as it would happen. So. Or I have to wait for the girls to die, so which I don't want to have happen. So, and I'll be dead before they're dead anyway. So it won't it won't matter either way. Um. So, uh, since we are way over time, uh, what um, is there anything else you want to touch on before we sign off here? You know what? I think we got through a lot of I stuff, man. Did. I think it was pretty good. And here's the thing: I can save it for another time. Look, I love coming down here doing the show with you, oh, man. Yeah, I love like it. it's always a good. I always enjoy the conversations that we have, man. It's always yeah. interesting, and it goes in a lot of different directions. I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel bad for some of the people that are watching it because it does move around kind of like a, like you know the family circus thing? Yeah. Where you see the person go where, around everywhere. Yeah, it shows where the kid Yeah, goes. that's where our shows goes. You know what I'm saying? But. No, absolutely. Um, well, pitch your show. Let everybody know where they can find uh, Unattended Baggage. with. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Unattended Baggage. Um, if you go on iTunes or any of the rest of them, you can find Unattended Baggage. And you put it in, Unattended Baggage, and it's the white thing. I'll cook for you next time. Thank you. I appreciate that, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, but if you look up Unattended Baggage, uh, the website is unattendedbaggageradio.com. Um, and then that just takes you to the Podbean page because we just run out of Podbean. If you go looking for a video anywhere, you will find no video whatsoever because we totally suck at that. We are no good at the video thing. Um, so we just don't do it. We just try to perfect the audio. And when I do talk in the mics, so you you know you don't get to see this part, but I'm right up on the mic. So it's kind of nice. It's a little liberating today, actually being able to talk to you without always worrying about where the yeah, mic is. By the way, st- you still have the uh, the audio only thing where you're sitting. You're still sitting like close and still oh, like, yeah. leaning back. No, no, I'm like there. Right. Every look, you can tell which it's, microphone's mine because like you have like this dried up. 
I don't even know what comes out of my mouth at this point, but there's a dried up thing right there which just looks horrible. It, t- it took me a while to mentally... To back off? To mentally be able to back off. Like, because I started out doing video and I was here. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I was, I was still like elbows on the table. You're still nervous. Here. And then now I'm like, I'll kick back. Spike, Spike will be on a rant and I'm just like, okay. Yeah. But you can totally hear it all, though. Yeah. That's amazing, by the way. No, no. I, I, obviously, my mic suck ass all the way. Like, every time I come to somebody's stuff, they're always doing it way better than I'm doing it. So, But that's because Adrian refuses to use Macs, by the way. Fucking well, asshole. You, can, you, you don't have to use Mac to do this. Oh, okay. You well, can, then, that's can, even better then. Yeah, you can I'll have to use, talk to Adrian about that. In fact, there are certain things that are easier to do on Windows that I have to do a lot of work around. Oh, really? Work. I love your setup, though. This setup is awesome, Thank dude. You. I'm telling you what, Thank man. You. I love this setup. And this is a huge-ass monitor, by the way. Yeah, I love this monitor. Well, and then because this camera is so wide, you literally can do two people just mm-hmm. sitting right here having a conversation. Yeah, it would be better if I could back it up just a little bit more, but uh, I need a different desk for that. Yeah, but, you know, I like it, though. I love the setup you got here, dude. I appreciate it. I mean, I, I do find the irony in the I want you for the U.S. Army thing. Right. I think it's funny. <laughs> hey, does anybody ever know that you got the Rush Limbaugh thing right there? I talk about it. That is funny. Yeah, I got my... Hold on. So you actually met him and it says to Matt. Yeah, so I didn't meet him. My uncle, fun fact for everybody, my uncle is one of the most successful conservative editorial cartoonists in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, His name is Dick Ray. Uh, You can look him up. Uh, He just recently got... He retired 20 years ago and he just started getting back into it. Mm -hmm. But he drew a cartoon back in 1990 one two um and it was george bush george hw bush in a classroom and the teacher said we have somebody here who's a who is the biggest voice for the republicans people love him um people love him uh he's the leader of that entire party and all of the people all the kids in the class said rush limbaugh so rush limbaugh invited him over and i had started listening to him at this point yeah um well i started listening to him I think the next year, but that was when Rush got wind of the cartoon and yeah. how everything happened. And I got really big into Rush when I was like 13. Um, well, I mean, he produced a good show. Though. He did. He produced a great show. And so he went to go meet Rush Limbaugh when he was doing his TV show. And while he was there, he said, um, yeah, my nephew is a huge fan. He's 13, 14 years old. Uh, would you mind signing an autograph for him? And Aww. so he got that for me. Uh, so I've had that since I was. 30. I mean, he's he's young in that picture. He is young in that picture. He's real young yeah. in that picture. That, he don't look that young now. Yeah, well, because well, he's dead. Well, he's dead. Um, he he definitely doesn't look that young. No, no. He, he was a pioneer never. in the space too, though. Man, you got that's you got to give. Look, and that's the other thing. You got to give credit where credit's due on some of these people. You know what I mean? I think that's the other thing. Sometimes libertarians don't do that. Well, I wish we would do more of is that just to give an honest credit to some people. Like, don't get me wrong. Look, I disagree with Rush on a whole myriad of issues. Yes. But at the same time, you got to show, like, there's a lot of people that are really big fans of his that if you just don't shit on the guy, that, you know, look, if you shit on him, then instantly that person that likes Rush isn't going to like you. Right. And to be fair, this show would not exist if it wasn't for that guy. Because I wanted to be Rush Limbaugh that, Mm -hmm. that when I was younger, I wanted to be like Rush Limbaugh. Uh, And I wanted to do news radio, talk radio, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. And years later, it was that old dream that I had put away that started this show. Yeah. I also have a picture of um up here. You can't really see it, but it's of uh, John Wilkes Booth 
his autopsy. No shit. Yeah, it's autographed by the cop that arrested him. Um, Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I have like so many That's... like I have so many status things in here, but doesn't people give? Well, them it's to funny me. though. Yeah. They're good times. People though. get people just give them that. To the, you know, get the Rolling Stones hat over there, man. You know, that was given to me by the saxophone player of the Rolling Stones. Shut up, yeah, Bobby Keys, the former saxophone player. He's he passed. Marla Singer gave you that thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, one of my good friends is his dad was Bobby Keys. And so I met Bobby, and I didn't know that Bobby was Bobby. And we ended up, I helped his parents move. And he just said, can you help my parents move? And I was like, yeah, sure, man, whatever you need. We're friends. Yeah. So I'm helping him move, and then I go into this house. Uh, I go into this house, and on the wall, there's a picture of Keith Richards and his dad. Yeah. And I just went, oh, you met Keith Richards. That's cool. And he goes, did Jesse not tell you what I do? And I said, no, he said my parents need help moving, and he needed help, and he asked, and he goes, "Oh, well, you have tickets to the Rolling Stones for the rest of your life." <laughs> and I've seen, them and they're still touring. They are still touring, but he's passed away, so that deal kind of went away. Ah, uh, but I, I've seen him, um, I've seen him three times. Uh, I've met everybody in the band except for Mick, um, Mick Jagger, because I met the other Mick that's no longer in the band. Yeah, but he was on one of the tours, and I got a chance to meet him too. Oh wow! Um, I've met uh, I've met Keith Richards' daughters. Oh yeah, I met Keith Richards' daughters. I've uh, yeah hung out with all of them. Uh, I got this fun story that I'm not going to tell tonight, but I got Keith Richards' drugs. Um, <laughs> I did uh, because the, he needed them, and they sometimes said, you got sometimes you got needs, man. Yeah, and sometimes said, you got needs. I know you haven't lived in the city for a really long time, but do you think you can get this? And I went, yeah, I can get that. That's not a problem. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Mr. Richards. I got it. Um, oh, hold on. I got a question for you yes. about this. The first time you went to a Rolling Stones concert, mm-hmm. how familiar were you with the Rolling Very. Stones band? Very familiar Very. already. Yeah. Been listening to them my whole life. Okay. So listening to me, then did you have a better appreciation of the Stones yes. after you went to the concert, though? Yes. Because that's one of the things that I notice is that if you go see somebody live, if they're good, then you get a lot better of an appreciation of a band once you see them live. Yes. No, I absolutely... Mick Jagger was, at the time, 72, 70... I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But he was running around that stage, and it made me tired. (laughs) It made me tired. I went there with my little sister, and uh, we got... This was back when I was drinking, so we got just absolutely obliterated, wasted. Uh, just drinking so much. And, um, God, what's the name of the song? Sympathy for the Devil. Thank you. Sympathy for the Devil. They started doing Sympathy for the Devil. And there's this moment that I'll never forget. And my little sister and I are there. Like, she had, she had at the time, she had two kids. And she mm-hmm. never got a chance to get out because they were both little. They were like five and a baby. Um, and... So we're out, and they start doing that. And she had been drinking so much, and she's tiny. And uh, she was so drunk, and she looked at me, and she just started going, (laughs) And I will never forget it, because she had just such joy on her face. The next morning, she did not. Um, Well, yeah. Neither did I. Uh, But, uh, yeah, fantastic time. And one time, I will tell the full story on how I... Got Keith Richards drugs. That's a good one for later. That's a good, that one, a for good later. one for later. I, I think we're done. We're, Again, we're done. Uh, and we could do it all night. We can't. Yeah, we can. But Sarah would be very mad. At yes, me. she would. Um, 
So everybody, uh, if you have not yet, head on over to Anchor and uh, hit the old subscribe button while you're there. For the low, low cost of two lattes a month, you get so much stuff. Uh, it pays for itself in one trip to our store. Um, you also get discounts at Stitches and Glitches and Defy the Power. Uh, you get uh, the Muddy Zoom. You get exclusive content. You get so much. Uh, it's worth it. It's worth the 10 bucks a month. Trust me. Um, we uh, Spike is somewhere this weekend. I don't know where. I usually have notes up, and I don't this time because I knew he was just going to be sitting here. Um, so Spike's somewhere this weekend. So next Tuesday, join us right back here, 8-ish. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, 8-ish. Uh, where Spike and I will parse through the week's events like the sweet winter wonderland boys that we are. Uh, and then next Wednesday, Spike will... Be oh, actually, I think that Spike was supposed to have a show last night that got canceled because he was having some uh, software issues. I think he's doing it tomorrow. So tune in tomorrow uh, where Spike will be talking to all of Tennessee. Wow. Yeah, all of it. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Because it's a long state it's that long, way. Yeah, you you wouldn't think so. It's 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 not that it's it's not wide. It's long. It's long. It's like Florida, just ninety degrees and straight. Because Florida is crooked. Right. Yeah. Looks like a boot or something. Right. It's, or a gun, depending on what you're a uh, if you're a cowboy, you kind of like it to look like a boot. If you're really into guns, you like it to look like a gun. Right. If if you're into porn, it looks like a big penis. Yes, it does. Um... <laughs> So everybody, uh, tune in tomorrow for My Fellow Americans with Spike, uh, and we will see you back here next Tuesday for a brand new episode of uh, Muddied Waters of Freedom, and the Muddied Zoom is next Thursday, so there will not be a writer's block. Have a great weekend, y'all. I didn't come up with a fact, because this is my first show of the year, and I forgot about that portion, but uh, I will talk to you all next week. Which see you.